Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, 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 family. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Nova Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill. Uh, I will be joined by my co-host hopefully very soon. Okay. Welcome back to another explosive episode of Nova Ledge Radio. All right. This is definitely a special broadcast, a special episode dedicated to the women of the community, the Queens. This is the Queens edition, part two of reestablishing the code of conduct in the community that would be in the conscious community and abroad. You know what I'm saying? So um, we had a dynamic program this past Tuesday. If anyone that missed that program, you can definitely Dig into the archives here on Nota Ledge Radio. Uh, for those that are listening on the air, probably tuning in for the first time, you can just Google Nota Ledge Radio or KTL Radio. It'll take you directly into the archives. You look for reestablishing the code of conduct, press play, listen to it, download it, share it. And there is a plethora of other episodes, um, 500-plus episodes <clears throat> that... um await you, you know what I'm saying? So, Friday's episode was monumental. It was a classical episode featuring our brother's Irritated Genie, Professor Griff, Brother Polite, and of course, the uh, brother that this is all centered around, our brother King Simon, who's celebrating his 20th anniversary, okay? So that was Tuesday's episode. Tonight, we are back with a special episode featuring the Queens, some of which will be featured on the bill for this upcoming event this Sunday in Brooklyn, New York, Flatbush, Brooklyn at that. Okay? And we have Sister Keisha, who will be there. Sister Nefertari, okay? Beautiful wife, Tata Jeannie. Uh, Sister Dr. Melanie Stevenson, the dynamic healer slash teacher and wife of Dr. Layla Africa, the incomparable duo of Aminet and Raet, the wives and business partners of Brother Polite, and none other than the Grand Empress Abundance Child. Okay? So they will be in the building this evening bringing some dynamic information. In the meantime, in between time, let me go to the lines and open up. Call it from the four 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 nine two PCU and yours. Peace, peace, greetings. 
Greetings, Blue. Greetings, greetings family. Greetings. What's greetings, going greetings. on? We are here. We are back in the building. Um, another historic episode, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like this you can take time yeah. to uh, save the history of, oh, or, no. you know, in the moment of the last episode, you got to keep it moving and continue yeah, to put classics in the archive. It's that one. It's that, it's that one, one they've been asking that for. that one that them, queen, them queens about to get on the mic. Queens, yes. Is, queens about to get on the mic. Yes, 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 yes. It's been long awaited. It's been heavily requested. And here oh, we yeah. are. You know, we finally put together a program that we can definitely be proud of. And we're proud of every program. But this is one that not only needed to be done, it's one done in perfect time, and this is Friday is Venus's day. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and it also coincides right with up. the release. It coincides with the release of Chirac. Lee. That's right. Uh, irregardless of what you think about the movie, um, the premise of it ties into the theme of what tonight's show is, and that is when the code of conduct is lost in the community then the community starts cannibalizing itself, okay, and the women and the children are no longer safe. So the women have to step in when the men lack solutions. And in this particular case, in his narrative or his satire, the women use what society teaches them is their most powerful asset in order to bring the men to their knees or, you know, to get their attention. You know what I'm saying? So that's the premise of that movie. We'll hear what the sisters have to say about that as well. It's a wonderful topic. It's the right timing. We are here. We are in the building. I want to get this show underway because we have a powerhouse in the building awaiting to touch this stage. All right? So if my brother Sutton Simon is in the building, please press one of your phones so we can bring you in and inaugurate tonight's episode properly. Okay, with no further ado, call it from the 347496. Peace. Peace to the family. What's good? What's good, hey. KT? What's good, red and blue? What, what, Congra- what, what, congratulations, what? my brother. Congratulations. Oh, man, 20 years, man, and you know... As a numerologist years. or a, a, a numer, numer, numerological oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. teacher, the two, the two is a feminine number, so it is. We dealing with the female energy, yes, all the way through. Oh, this. all day, all day, all day, and, absolutely. And plus, you know, matter of fact, this is my twentieth year, and even in my numerology, uh, for personal numerology, this would be my number eleven year, which is a master number. Oh wow! That one and one, that one and one, that one and one is two, so it is since nineteen ninety five till this year. This is what it is. From running yeah, that eleven eleven. Yeah, man. From running the SOBs and uh you know, I used to run SOBs, I've I've ran Urban Plaza, I've done shows, all the conscious major reggae shows and stuff as those who know me as Simon Templar back in the reggae days, you know, uh radio from doing L I B, doing W W R L uh and just doing commercials from Western Union, getting stout, all kind of stuff, man. We you know, it, it, it means very much to me to have these beautiful ladies, these sisters, these empresses, 
and and knowing that 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 you know we was able to foster uh, foster some a great show here on um on Know the Ledge on Tuesday and then at, at being at now Tuesday is that Mars energy now yeah I got to remember Tuesday is that war yeah. energy now <laughs> that's right it lined it lined right up it lined it right up. Fly right up. It's Friday. Now you have the women Venus. on a Friday, Venus Day. Venus is all in Bruh. the <laughs> Like like Polite said on the episode, you know, might be some people smarter, but goddamn, you know, I've used my intelligence to get the best out of the situation. So, you know, this is the intellectual way to utilize, you know what I'm saying, the energies of the universe to align it properly and to ensure that you could put that much dynamite in one room and not get an explosion, you know, that burns down the house. You feel me? So all of this is cosmically, you know, divinely guided. And, um, you know, that's not the ego speaking. That's just, you know, that's the intelligent approach. So tonight is is right. We're honoring, you know, this is the, the, the temple to the divine feminine aspect and we're going to bring our sisters in and allow them to be heard because I'm constantly hearing from people in the community there's not enough of that being done and we also mentioned Tuesday that you know that charge can't be leveled towards you you feel me because you've always made sure that there was a balance you know I mean in the community you've introduced um new voices to the community where the community said there were no voices, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we salute you for those efforts. We recognize you. And, um, and you know, been... you know, Phil, that's due to being raised by a good old-fashioned Jamaican mother. <laughs> and, you know, even when my father it wasn't is. there, my mother's side was definitely a lot of women and my father's side was a lot of men. And I used to go in between those, even though, although they were divorced, I used to actually find my father's side of the family. I had to go and find them to get that manhood training, you know what I'm saying? And yes. I already knew my mother's side, but I needed that manhood training. And so it led me on the path to the 5% nation, to the Ansar Allah community, to the nation of Islam, studying under, Islam, from the, studying under the Moors, under the Hebrews, all that stuff, you know, just to get that balance that I lost from my father leaving. You know, that's that Cuban, Cuban Jamaican side, that Cuban side. That was my father, you know. So, but right. it, it, you know, it's, it's, we all, we need the balance. That's why I, I, I strove very hard to try to at least put new speakers. I remember when Abundance Child first came on, uh, uh, on one of my stages here in New York, and that was at the Marcus Garvey Center, you know, and, you know, and Cheyenne was there, a whole lot of people. I think Amir was there. Uh, so, there's a lot of good people that, you know, we worked with your moms, you know, uh, Ma. And uh, working with um, Keisha and uh, Nafatari, I've seen her perform. She, she opened up for her husband one time at my, one of my lectures. And then a whole right. host of sisters like Malika Ali and Magella and, yes, you yes. know, various other people that I, I tried to, you Sister know, bring Ma out Jade. there. Ma you brought Jade, out Brownie right. Girl. You brought out an yeah. eight-year-old entrepreneur. Just bring me? them all out. They need, we need to hear them, man, because I was just thinking before your show came on, I said, if the sisters don't get it, we can forget it. If the sisters yep, don't right. get it, we can forget it. So we, real talk to me. That's what I was in my mind before your show came. That's, that's how I see it, brother. 
Yeah, you know they're being real hard on on Spike right now. Yeah, I know. I used to work they're for him. To, I used to work for him. They're trying to rake him over the coals. Yeah. I used to work and for I understand, him. I understand that he might be a very difficult dude to work for. Yeah, you know, you know and we were do, we were doing security. We, you know, I was part of X Men Security of the Nation at that time, back in the nineties, early nineties. You know, the Malcolm X movie, the Clockers movie, the Girl Six. I was there through those movies, brother. Uh, bodyguard and him, watching him and watching the set and all that stuff. So, yeah, he could be difficult, but he respect. He re, he got remember he respected the community enough to stay in his community. That's just don't forget. Yes. He still has a forty acre mule right in the hood, right there in Fort Greene. Right in the hood. Okay. Not, no mistakes about it. He's still there. His wife is the one that wanted to move because people was actually coming ringing down his bell late, early in the morning, late at night. And his wife, you know, felt unsafe, and I understand that, you know, so they moved to Manhattan. But he would rather stay in Brooklyn way from Rutsch because he went to Rutschild. You know, he was from them areas right there. I used to go to uh, PS11 and all that stuff, so I know that area where we, we all grew up at. So, you know, I, I, I commend him for whatever he's doing, man, and um, don't hate on him. Just haters make us greater, man. Just keep on doing what we got to do. Indeed. So here we are. We're in the building. Part yes, sir. Two. Two days remaining to the 20th anniversary. I want you to set the pace. Let them know how to actually get into the place to be. Yes, sir. All right? Yes. Let them know all of the vitals that they need to know so they can bring their body in the building on Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, family, I usually talk very fast, but I'm going to slow it up so everybody can get it. You know, I'm, I'm a radio personality slash media personality on television, so I do what I have to do to make it happen. Just want to remind you all my number, if you want to get in contact with me, is public, 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 is all public record, 347-496-1022, if you want to RSVP, or you can go to Nicholas Harlem right there on 125th, between 5th and Madison in Manhattan. You can go to Nicholas, Brooklyn, right there at 570 Fulton Street between Flatbush Avenue Extension and Rockwell in Brooklyn. And you can go to Respect for Life Bookstore right there on Nostrand Avenue between Herkima and Atlantic. Those are all black-owned places that we're doing it. Or you can do via PayPal. You call me, and I'll show you how to do the PayPal. You make sure you click on friends and family so the, the funds can be expedited fast and swift so you can be in the building. Or be there before 4 o'clock. It's $20 before 4, $20 in advance, $25 after the hour of 4 o'clock. And we've got a great show, and we're going to be at the Tropical Reflections Ballroom, a black-owned ballroom that I, I used to frequent in as far as do different shows and fashion shows and stuff. And this is a black-owned and operated ballroom right there in the heart of East Flatbush. Everybody who remember going to CPAC is a block away from CPAC. So Farragut, when we used to go to CPAC to see Professor Phil Valentine, Dr. Phil Valentine and Dr. Ashraf Kwesi and Polite and the Hebrews back in the day, then look, we have them a block away. You just take that Utica Avenue bus or that, that and that tra- Utica Avenue train, take that Utica Avenue bus towards King's Plaza, that 46 bus, get off at Glenwood at Glenwood Road, walk in a few blocks to East 45th right under the train trestle, and you will be there at Tropical Reflection Ballroom. It's a beautiful ballroom, holds about 500 people. 
And like I said, we need y'all to be there. Doors open at 2.30, 3 o'clock. We want to start the event on time around 3.30, quarter to 4, and make the performances and everybody come in. I got these great sisters coming in. I got the great brothers that are coming in. I got some live performances. My own son, Prince Imagine, is performing. Joshua right. Starrod is performing. And um, the ancestral drummers, Hep, Shep, uh, Hep, Hep, Hep uh, Hotep, um, Shem Hotep through drummers will be performing live and direct and and yo red pill blue pill Ace will be speaking we gonna we gonna be in the building KT you enjoy hey, it huh you know. doing your thing <laughs> what well, KT you know hello K yeah yeah he in Georgia he's in Georgia he's in Georgia um, but once again oh, my number wait, is three on. four seven what. I got another Georgia native on the line. Give me one second. Call her from the 424 200. Who that? Mama? Peace. This is Mama Pell. Another West Indian mother. Yes, another. Yes, that's right. West Indian mother. Another West Indian mother. Another West Indian mother. Sour sauce, Seymour, sour sauce, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. Sour sauce and all that good stuff. That's what we used to go in our backyard and just pick sour sap. We didn't have to buy it in no store. We just go in the backyard, climb a sour sap tree, a mango tree. Hey, what's the $50 a pound? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Mama Pill is on her way to New York as well. Uh, yeah, she's right. going to be attending yeah, right. an event with Brenda Bay on Sunday, but she will oh, wow. be, you know, on the grid, on the New York grid, energizing, you know, you see us, you see her. She's going to be in the building. I'm sure if they finish on time, she's going to make her way over to Flatbush to join us for the festivities as well. Beautiful. Yeah, right, Mama Pill? Yeah, King Simon is wonderful young men like you. Event. He loved, he wow. loved Dr. Ben. It was at an Ashwa Kwesi event. 
uh, at CPAC because we're not she not she don't live too far so but you know she's getting she's getting older and you know sometimes she just like to stay in and don't you know stay from the drama she likes to stay with her plants and because she grow her own food in the backyard that's that's just what she does that's right that's what Cindy is mothers for you <laughs> yes. Take us some seven heavens. Yes, That's yes, right. yes, yes. <laughs> she loves she, she loves she loves right. She does. It was G man. Yes, I'll tell her. Yeah. I'm gonna remind her. Send back some seven heaven for her. You know. Yeah, you know. I, she, absolutely, she, I will, mom. Yeah, I tell, I'll make sure of that. Yeah, but uh, you know, to, yes, December yeah. December six this Sunday is a six, and in numerology six is a Venus number. So get Ooh. ready. Uh, Again, yeah. listen, <laughs> listen. Trayvon had something on Facebook today about the universal six. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, just today. Yes, that's, and that's what wow. the Lord was speaking about. Yes, dealing with love and and harmony and balance and. Yes, that's yeah. I, I read it. Yes, yes. He'll be there too. He'll be there this Sunday. He'll be there Sunday. Got to remind him. He'll be there this Sunday. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to slip out of where I am to come and be a part of that. Even if it's just, you know a moment, I'm gonna have to be in two places. You know on Sunday. <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen. Hey, you gonna make it happen? Yeah. You always do. Yeah, I am. I am. She, she's the number five. She will make it happen. I, there you go. She 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 gonna make it happen. She's a traveler. That's what number five. We in Sag right it, now, so. I hope it goes two twins happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, KT, the arts degree family. Y'all need to check out last night's episode with Hank Rising Son on his network. Him and Lester Lovin, they had an amazing. Episode yes. with Kate the Arts yes. Degree with Master Kalindi talking about the acacia yep. tree. This was high, high science. You're talking about, you know, like the stuff that people got to be in lodges for years to get these plus degrees, you know. Mm-hmm. So these brothers were like just, yeah, we just like something, something. blasting off something, last night. Check out mm-hmm. Hank Rogers' son's archive. And they got yeah. another episode coming up next week where they're going to get all of the masters in the building and really inaugurate the issue about the acacia tree, the importance of the acacia records. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, yes, let us uh, set things off. You know, Mom Pill opened up the way, of course, with the Venus energy. Thank you very much. And, um, You're welcome. As Thank always. You. Thank you. You know, thank you as always, Mother. And we are now going to start tonight's episode with Dr. Melanie Stevenson, beautiful wife of Dr. Laila Africa, okay? She is a teacher and a healer in her own right. And now they're also going to put the title of publisher under their belt. All right, so she's going to be debuting the publishing company and bringing forth the first published works at this event, King Simon's event. So with no further ado, call her from the 440-915-1500. 
Okay, we want to present to you Sister Dr. Melanie Stevenson. Peace, greetings. Hello, my kings. How are you? (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Greetings. How are you? I am just wonderful. It's just amazing to be in the presence of such amazing people tonight. Wow. Uh, Likewise, we feel the same way. And well, you, you, you know, Pill, that this this woman and her husband have taken on the task of taking my book and putting it in their publishing company, brother, and it's uh, doing wonders now. I mean, people are buying and ordering, so I like that. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. You know, uh, numbers are simple. People are complicated. There we go. That's it. There we go. So you know wonderful work. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. And uh it's I'm honored that you are gonna be able to make it down too and um and bring over Terry Bates and the whole and Doctor Africa's books and stuff, so can't wait to see that. Yes. Please, uh Dr. Stevenson, share with us this journey into publishing, you know, what actually spawned this particular move. I know that Doctor Africa has been publishing his books, you know on his own, what made you open up the avenue for other uh, potential authors? Well, I tell you, it was a spur-of-the-moment thought process. I actually um, permeated through getting Dr. Africa's books published when his publisher let them sit on the shelf for 10 years. And so I did not know how to type, and I had never approached a computer. But when you are determined to do something, you can always figure it out. So I have to say through much aches and pains, I figured out the process, and then it became second nature to me. So I did like five of Dr. Africa's books, and I thought to myself one day when I was in Egypt, I need to start doing this for other people. Okay. And so I want to just I want to open up the door for us. This is about yes. bringing us forward and making sure that we get what we have coming to us properly. So I named it Charles's Child Publishing because my daddy is always my driving force in everything that I do. So right. I have to make sure that I put the ethics to the work and make sure that the standard is more than above board. So it's just been my pleasure to be to be able to do it. It's been my pleasure. Now, when this thought came to you and Kimmit, was it at in the daytime or was it at night? You know what? I'm gonna tell you. I was actually I was I had just left the pyramid and I carry around my computer everywhere I go. And I never, ever thought that I had the ability to do so. And it just, I'm going to say it was probably midday because, you know, the times are different from over here to there. So I'm going to say the pyramids closed at 6 o'clock their time. So that would have been dark. So I'm going to say it was nighttime. Of course. So this was coming forth by night. (laughs) It, It was coming. It had came forth by night. It was it was yeah, amazing, yeah, you know. It's it's a blessing just to be able, like I say, that now we are in a revolution. We have to do for ourselves. We can no longer rely upon other people to validate us and our works. 
And so it's time for each one of us, individually and collectively, to work together so that we can reconstitute our race and our culture. We have to take it back. We cannot make our standards by somebody else's standards anymore. Absolutely. And that that segues into the theme of tonight's show, which is reestablishing the code of conduct. You know, two-part question. One, where do you think that we veered off the course? And two, what will be necessary to steer us back? Well, I tell you what, I believe that we steered off the course when we stepped into someone else's culture and asked for validation. At one point in time, we had our uncles and our aunts tell us what we were going to be. They taught us. They put us in environments. We learned skills. We had craft. We had our own. But somehow we assimilated in with other people, and those other people, we saw them being our aunts and uncles. And that's just a horrible thing to say. (laughs) But they are supposed to be somebody that we respect even more than we respect our own culture. And we allow them to tell us who we are and what we are to do and what we need to be to be who we are. I know who I am, and it didn't take them to tell me. It took my daddy to tell That's me right. who I was. It, it, right. In other words, the, the troglodyte monkeys became our uncles. <laughs> and that's our monkey's uncle <laughs> You know what, that's classic, my brother But I couldn't have said it any better I couldn't have said it any better <laughs> And I'm tired of that um, that, that monkey as my uncle And I'm, I'm kicking him out the table Getting that monkey off your back, right I guess I monkey off the back <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's time for us to stand up I feel it in my soul You know, we're seeing too many things happen in front of us. And for us to really win this and for us to really make a change, we have to look at ourselves for the answers. We can't look for They cannot no longer tell us what we need to do to solve our own problems. We are a very intelligent people, and we have everything we need to solve our problems. You, You never want to bite your tongue. I love your honesty. I love your direct approach to directly dealing with the issue at hand, okay? What can be done to reconstitute the relationship between the melanated man and woman that has been fractured as a result of being in this unfamiliar environment, you know, and giving credence to our uncles and our nephews and things of that nature while we are directly ignoring the sister-brother you know, husband-wife dynamic of, of, you know, the direct family bond, you know, can it be put back on track without distinctively dealing with the fractured relationship between the man and the woman? I, I tell you what, anything that's fractured can be fixed. The only thing you mm. can't fix is something that's dead. If it When it's dead, it's gone, and we have to have a standard. And with standard, you it comes ma'at, okay? And everything needs to come from our ma'at, and which, is, which is truth, justice, harmony, reciprocity, propriety, violence. We have to have a standard of how we see each other, and we have to hold each other to that standard and be patient with each other in that standard as well and do everything from love because there is nothing more powerful 
than a black man and a black woman that can truly love each other and have each other's back no matter what. And we have to just go back to that. You get the first bomb of the night. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I, I feel it with my soul. I, I, and what I'm telling you, I'm deeply convicted by it. You understand? It's my yes. responsibility to contribute to the black man and tell him there's nothing that you can't do. You're powerful. And what you what your weaknesses are, I can make my strength. And mm. what my weaknesses are, you are my strength. And as long as we can own that, we can go back to being powerful because the power is already in us. We just have to claim it. That's, that's that's an etheric bomb. I'm I'm not gonna follow that one up so soon, but I, I I'm I'm dropping it in the ether. So you know, we thank you, we honor you, and you know we we second those sentiments. We look forward to seeing you in the building this Sunday. Your physical demonstration always does something to the room, and when you open up your mouth as well. You know, it's just electrifying. So I definitely hope that you have an opportunity to share some of your magnificence by, you know, by way of your words with the audience this Sunday. Thank you for the time that you have taken this evening to share some words with us. We salute your king as well, Dr. Africa. Please send our regards to him. And, um, Thank yes, you. can't wait for Sunday. And I would like to say before leaving, keep up the good work. All of you give me inspiration. You know, just to be able to be on your radio show is just completely inspiring to me because you set the standard. You told us what we're going to do, and so henceforth it will be done. King Simon, you yes, keep ma'am. on paving that way, my brother. I'm so amazingly proud of you. Your building is ahead of you. We need to yes. speak King Simon a building, okay? we got all these GoFundMe's. Let's go fund the right thing. Okay, we need sure. our own, and to that I will say thank you, my king, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Be thank safe, you. and I will go. Mm-hmm. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Peace. Yeah, that's the melody. He's a Capricorn yeah. spirit. They make yeah. it happen, boy. Capricorn. What number is he? Yeah. She bought she bought January sixteenth. Well, that's that that's that silent warrior that come in and just do it and make it happen. And when they open their mouth, it's over. They done researched everything because Phil Valentine was born on the sixteenth, uh, and uh, uh, Booker T. Coleman is born on the sixteenth. Lloyd Strayhorn is born oh, wow. on the sixteenth. So they they research it. Yeah. They dig deep. They dig deep, and so. Oh, they, yeah, they broke that number well. Yeah, bro. Yes. <laughs> Very yes, well. Sister Sister Nefertari, if you are on the phone line with us, can you please at this time press one on your phone so your um your hand can be raised in the call queue? Mm-hmm. That'd All be right. beautiful. That that's a powerful sister there, boy. Oh my goodness. Yes indeed. Uh I know she's you know what's the I don't know if she's calling from a different number. Uh, 
I have one number for her. Do you have any others? Uh, she might be calling from a nine seven three. Is is, is that, does that come I don't, up? I don't. I don't see that either. Um, the two hundred two. You don't see the two hundred two. I don't see the two hundred two as of yet. Let me scan the call queue. Uh, I just texted her your number and uh, just told us they're looking for you on the on the phone. So uh, on the, uh, I texted her the, the calling number. So maybe she'll be calling in. Cool. I know she has the children, so you know she has to make sure they are right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know how that works. You know, and um, she powerhouse and what she you know she has to deliver herself because you know her and Jeannie together, boy. Whew. And he just celebrated an Earth Day, so right on our show, the t- on the second, when you was going into that night. Right, right, right. He yeah. went right into it. That's right. Jeez, Luke's that brother. Hey, you know, we, 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 you know, numerology, astro numerology, we're in a balanced energy that day too, man, because we're in the Sagittarius energy, which is a male, male sign, and of course a female day. Beautiful. Beautiful. We're going to keep this balance on that day. <laughs> so we're gonna work it. Mm-hmm. Did you find it? Red. I mean blue. Herself. I had the phone on mute. Yeah, she just sent me a text. She says she's um calling it shortly. She's finishing up. She's at a, a Baba Quasi event. Oh, so yeah, they're finishing right. up. Yeah, they're finishing up. Um Sister Keisha. Sister Keisha, if you're on the phone, can you please press one at this time? Powerhouse herself. Powerhouse. <laughs> Absolutely. And with no Leo. further ado. Call it from the nine one seven five eight two. Leo in the building. Peace to you and yours. Peace, my brothers. How are y'all this evening? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I am so honored to be on this program tonight. I've been a fan of Know the Ledge Radio for a minute now, and I am so honored. To be in the yes. building Sunday as we pay homage to our brother King Tyler. Because this brother, he's oh, been yes. on the front line for quite a long time. You know, a brother who came from these mean streets of Brooklyn. And yeah. to, yes, indeed, brother. And to be where he is now in teaching and help to heal our community for 20 plus years via education and music. King Simon has always been there, so I am honored to be a part of this with my sisters because, as Dr. Stevens said, you know, it's time for us to come together as man and woman, as family, 
and Simon, you know, I always say once the sisters get it together, the jig is up for everybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we going to do Absolutely. it. We going to do it on Sunday. Well, it is an honor to have you on our program. We are always in awe of the energy that you bring. You know, you're Leo, so that explains everything. But <laughs> you have, right, you have your own unique strengths, your own unique experiences. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself to the family? Let them know who you are? Well, family, you know, I've been where Simon has been. You know, we've come through the trenches in teaching and trying to educate our people. I've started out as an activist in my teenage years, back when we was in a project sitting tennis patrol. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so from an early age, I've always had a love and a concern for my community. I did the Freedom Retreat for Boys and Girls, which is under the umbrella of the United African Movement. I did that for seven years, seven summers consecutively as assistant director and as an educator at the Freedom Retreat for Boys and Girls, um, being a part of the United African Movement for longer than that and then eventually becoming their MC and having the privileges, the privilege to open up for the great Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Professor Smalls. I opened up for King Simon, you know, <laughs> Automatics, you know, his legal genius has always yes. helped me and it still helps me today. Um, I have been blessed, I would say, to sit at his feet and understand this legal game and, What's really um, military uh, a course science, of action yes. that we have? Yes, and a course of action that we must take, both legally and militarily. And um, in that environment, mixing with and, and mingling with brothers and sisters who are former military, some retired police officers, correction officers, those who are educators, those who are freedom fighters. You know, I've sat at the feet of Mabel Williams and just took in everything that she had to offer me and then, you know, continuing with straight black pride, you know, straight black pride, New York is going to be a force to be reckoned with in this coming election uh, for 2016. This is a huge election year. And just like that alphabet group has staked their claim, uh, 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 as a part of political landscape in both political parties and even in the mainstream, that is my goal for Straight Black Pride. We will combat um, what is happening with us, the attacks, the assaults that are happening on us. This is the destruction of the black family. So look out because as I represent the political arm of Straight Black Pride here in New York, we are going to be a force to be reckoned with and Whoever's, you know, not a part of it, you're going to get run over. So we have to develop a code of ethics in how we deal with each other, how we deal with our, our community, how we treat and honor, you know, the, and particularly our, our elders and our women and children in this community. We cannot go anywhere on the political platform if we do not respect our women, if we do not hold our women in high regard, and so I learned that under automatic, and he's been in the vanguard uh, to stand strong with Tawana Brawley for many years. You know, Brother Mike Graves, you know, he's done, 
here and uh, 100 blacks in law enforcement who care in New York. So he's done a lot of work, and I've been privileged, you know, to, to work with these greats and to gain so much knowledge and information to take our generation and that coming after us into the future because um, either we fight or we die. And right now, we dying, so we have to fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> Indeed. Now, as someone such as yourself, I know that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're very close to the street. You know, that's where you call home, you know, um, as you are observing your environment and you're observing the younger generation, um, an elder just yesterday yesterday told to me, you know, the youth are only going to be responsive to what they've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I have a saying that I say, people are only going to shit what you feed them. You know, the premise that he was leaning towards was saying that the younger generations have grown up in a time where there has been no code of ethics or code of conducts present in their lives, period. They've only know what they've seen, which is minus ethics, which is minus a code. You know, one, I would like to know from you, at any point in time, you know, were you able to identify a point when it shifted in the streets, when the cold kind of started going out of the window and people started taking things over, taking them in their own hands, and then getting passes for that? Because, you know, there used to be a guard set up that would check those things. It was a checks and balance. So that's one. And two, is it possible to instill in the mind of a youth a set of code and ethics if they have already grown up without one and they feel as if they have, um, you know, operated, um, you know, freely and successfully by moving through this matrix without one? Well, um, I think the turn really took place during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, At that um, critical point in history, we were, when we were actually at our height um, politically, believe it or not, when you read about our people in the 60s, they were politically aware. However, they were socially, um, how would I say, they were socially disconnected. Even though people may think that they operated together as more as a community back then, I uh, disagree with that because um anytime you allow infiltration into your political platform, which is what you used or was supposed to use at that time to gain real freedom, you allowed an infiltration to take place, and that caused division. For example, with Malcolm and Martin, I would say, in the beginning there was um, a great division, and as a younger person, who I wasn't born back then, you know, I, I, I came in the 70s, but in that, the family began to split. Enemy figured out a way how to use media to drive an even bigger wedge. 
for right. an example, they will play Martin against Malcolm. They will play um, the black female as not being as strong in, in leadership in her community. They would pass her off as being passive, being a maid, um, accepting. And that played into the psyche because remember now, before that, you really knew of anybody who had a television set. And so during the civil rights period, you had more television sets in your living room. You had people believing that they were succeeding in gaining freedom by integrating with those that they thought was fighting with them but actually fighting against them. Remember, people, remember, family, that any enemy that you have, who all of a sudden comes among you and claims now to be your ally without paying the debt of the damage that they have caused and they and their people have caused, you need to look out for that. And so we never got anything out of that. Other communities did. The Jewish community did. uh, The Asian community did. They became stronger while we became weaker. We lost our businesses when we had the businesses. We were able to hire our own. We were able to contract our own. We lost that. And from that point on, when you go into the 70s, the beginning of the drug epidemic, beginning right. of homosexuality reaching a, an all-time level, um, that, became, that became a big wedge in our community. You know, mothers are now working two, three, four jobs, you know, Pops is getting locked up. He can't find a job. Uncles are doing this, that, and nobody's watching the children. So the children had to take care of themselves. We move now into the 80s. Children are taking care of themselves. You know, mommy and daddy so stressed, so beat up by what life is throwing at them, they begin to take part in the crack epidemic. And we lost our communities wholeheartedly after that. Everybody coming up through the 90s, was it was a me generation. I'm just going to get mine and don't worry about nobody else. You know, you had the Oprah movement telling sisters, you know, you don't need a man, you know, and portrayals of black women on television. Um, our brother saying, you know, well, since you can do it all and you got it all and you think you want know it all, then you handle it on your own. And they became aggressive. Um, and that... That that beast that we are dealing with is a real animal, and we have to pay attention to that. We can definitely get this back. Um, and actually, the solution is very easy. It begins with the sisters. When we become communities again, remember, even you, us, our generation, we always still had women in the community who we looked up to and respected, and we knew better to do things in front of. We no longer have that anymore. Our younger sisters are so distracted um, by uh, just any old thing. But once we, we who know better, start to go out into our communities, start to volunteer more in our communities, to um, take part of where you live and how you live, and allow people to see that you can be African, you can be black, you can be strong in all of its fortitude and still hold ground to your community. So I just put that challenge out to all sisters. We have to become communal again. If you see my child 
not doing what he or she is doing, it's your responsibility to check that behavior and vice versa because I have no problems with checking people's children. Believe that. <laughs> Somehow I just seem to believe you. Um, <laughs> that, that was that was a wonderful summation, the way that you, you know, walked us through that um, particular dynamic. Now, here we are, you know, in the now. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions posed to me online that the sisters wanted me to ask of the panelists, um, and I'm going to ask you first because you deal with fashion, all right? You have a, okay. a background in the fashion industry and you speak on this. You know, mm-hmm. the sisters wanted to know what do the panelists think about the near nakedness of some of the women that are, you know, calling themselves card-carrying members of the quote-unquote conscious community and um, on these social networks, the way that they are kind of expressing themselves. And I think they're talking about some of the younger sisters that have come into the movement. And, um, you know, there has been a uh, uh, a more free display of their sexuality, for lack of better terms. Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like we're going through the hippie phase again, you know, the free <laughs> love phase and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so one, have you observed any of this dynamic? And two, do you have any thoughts on it? Well, yes, I have. And I feel two ways about that. First, from a, um, a person who's been in the fashion and shoe industry, for over 20 years now, I can say that um, there are things being put before us that are very damaging as far as how we dress. About eight years ago, we had taken some children down to the Reginald Lewis Museum in Baltimore, and they had a display there um, of black men during the Dapper Dan stage, and this is the fashion for the the late 30s and 40s. And they had um, one particular gentleman in a photograph who had the Dapper jacket on, but he did not have a pants. And so I was telling the young people then, I said, next year, mark my words, you are going to see black men on the runway in dresses. And they remembered that. And when it started happening way back in, before ASAP Rocky and all of them was wearing it, on the runway, they called me and let me know, Miss Keisha, you was absolutely right. They did it because we live in a deviant world. The majority of those who are in this industry, fashion and footwear, are homosexual. Mm -hmm. And they have an agenda. Yes, indeed. They have an agenda to be as they are or who they claim they are to be at all costs. Remember, we are living in the the modern Roman period. And if you study Rome, you understand that homosexuality was the norm. To have sex with a female was just for procreation. So um, they want to bring this lifestyle back, this animalistic lifestyle, this war mentality, the U.S. is always at war. The U.S.'s business is war. 
And so yes. when you have male on top of male on top of male and constant aggression without any feminine notice of the female, in her psyche she would then take on, well, maybe if I dress a bit more seductive, I will gain some sort of attention, some sort of affection from the male. Um, And that also comes from our brothers. We need you so desperately to love our young girls in this community. If you know that your sister's um, child may not have its father in its life, step in and, and, and take up that role. It's not difficult. We have to start within our own families and let our babies see, let our young women see what real sexuality is, what a man is really attracted to. You know, I met my husband in a suit, in a business suit, and um, a business pantsuit at that. So I'm just saying that allow your intellect to pull that male energy toward you. If he's a real man, sister, best believe he will straighten up and fly right if he wants to be with you. And I think even though I have a little bit of disagreement with the premise of the movie Chirac, I get it. Sisters, we have a lot of power. We need not flaunt that power. We need to exhume that power and use that power. Um, I didn't go on a first date until with my husband until like three or four months after I met him in a club. So I'm just saying we have to be strategic if we want husbands, if we want real male role models for our children. You need not do that. Yes, you should be sexy. There's nothing wrong with that. But to be vulgar with it, when you know that the psyche of yourself and your community is suffering, you know, you play a role in what's going wrong here, and that's just the same for the brothers. I mean, pull your damn pants up. Sisters, if you want them to do that, do not accept them to be your partners. Brothers, if you want upright, upstanding women, do not accept trash as your partner and then say you cannot find a good woman. Sisters, we have to choose better. You know, I know our brothers who are listening, and I always say this, you know, every time I get in front of our people, I know you brothers honestly believe that it's you who's pulling the woman, but it's the other way around. I remember my brother used to get in the mirror and make sure everything was on point because he wanted <laughs> to make sure the girls, you know, you understand what I'm saying? He was he choosing, right, yeah. Wife, you know? So he wanted to be chosen. Absolutely, we have um, real power here, and we have to use it. Let's use our brains, let's use our hearts, yes, let's use our warrior spirit because it's about us, you know, protecting and preserving our Africanness, our blackness, our greatness, and it starts with the woman, always starts, and it will end with the woman. We are the best <laughs> We're the best warriors. We're the best warriors, and I have to, you know, end this part with me saying that Sister Nefertari, Dr. Stevens, 
uh, our sister uh, 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 Aminette, we 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 bout it, and um, we need more yes. sisters to to be more about it. So come out Sunday, let's honor King Simon, you know, and get your military game up. I mean, study this weaponry. You know, Black Friday while Black folks is out shopping. You Talk know, about it. White folks Talk about putting it. in their paperwork to get, get these their armory I mean, up. Yes, the FBI was now, processing applications every five seconds. Now, we can talk about that, you know what I'm saying? Because for some odd reason, um, people have the tendency to think that that's unladylike, and they think that huh. there's something animalistic, and they're like, oh, you know, that's quote-unquote white women, and that falls in line with, you know, them being X, Y, and Z. So they're again making excuses and building walls for them to ignore the fact that there's some sort of, you know, uh, there's a necessity to be able to secure yourself in your home, especially if sisters are living in fear, okay, Mm -hmm. and no one else is stepping up to the place, and you have to protect your home and your babies. So, you you know, when people are left with no option, what should they do, one, and should even people even wait for a situation where there is little to no options left before they learn some form of defense? What is the historical record of women as warriors where they were able to defend themselves and their family? Well, first, sisters, let me say this, that um, you are a natural warrior. You're a natural fighter. When you became pregnant with your child, with your children, you protected them in the womb. If someone looked crazy at your child, you would immediately spring into action. That's a natural warrior. You have to understand that wars are fought for and wars are built for the warrior, the true warriorship of a woman. Um when you look at the stories of a Queen T and all the power that she possessed at such an early age, building um, an empire and raising soldiers, that's the, that's the key of it. Um, warriorship is a part of your mental well-being. It is a part of, excuse me, your mental makeup. So for you not to engage and knowledge on how to protect, first off, yourself and your children, you're doing yourself and your community a disservice. Um, It's not following behind white women. It's the other way around. White women study hunting and warriorship to be more like you. I've taken hunter education courses. I've been out there. I've been to gun shows and the like. And I'm telling you that they are watching you. They know you are natural warriors. They are the ones playing catch-up. But we got distracted by what is happening in our community. This is no fault of our own. You have this serious battle going on within our government to disarm you as we speak. You have to understand that If someone or something is trying to take your very life and you have no way to defend yourself, 
you deserve everything that you get. Mm-hmm. Understand the, the, the same amount of time, sisters, that you spent watching Empire, that you spent watching The Wiz last night, you could have spent less time learning how to shoot a twenty two rifle. You could have spent less time learning how to use a pump action shotgun. You could have spent less time how to use a forty five and I'm glad straight black pride has a warrior um in its vanguard in New York. I believe the straight black pride membership is going to the gun range tomorrow morning. And the sisters, it will be more sisters there than brothers from what I from what I understand. So mm-hmm. you can't be a fighter in, wow. in, 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 in this game right here and you don't understand weaponry. You right. better understand your enemy better than you understand yourself because it's about protecting yourself. We don't spend enough time studying military science. We don't look at the Persian Wars and the Spartan Wars. World War One and Two. We don't look at what happened in the Korean War, and I can't stand. It makes me sick to my stomach when I hear people say that we can never win a physical battle. That tells me you know little to nothing about guerrilla warfare, and this is what other people in other nations of other ethnicities are picking up and using. China is its army is nothing to play with. Russia's army is nothing to play with. You understand what I'm saying? So you look at what they what they call ISIS or ISIL or Al Qaeda or whatever name they want to use. Other people are using what is in their arsenal and keeping these people at war consistently. Why? Because the beast is trying daily, 365, to take every resource on the planet and use it for its own benefit. We can't continue to lay here and be suckers. We on the bottom everywhere. We got to rise up and get back on top. And it's As Marshall said, it's going to take some of us to bleed. We're going to have to bleed. We're going to have to get out here and scrap. We're going to have to use our brain power. We need our brothers and sisters who are retired military and police and corrections to get out here and train our young brothers and sisters on how to use weaponry, not to go out here and just start murdering up people to protect themselves, and particularly in their homes. It makes no sense to me that a police officer or anyone can chase your family member in your home and you have no means to protect that family and they die in your own bathroom or in your own living room or in your own foyer, we got to stop this. We have got to stop this. Nobody is going to save us. You thought eight years of Obama was going to save you? This fool had two, two attorney general, U.S. attorney generals. First Eric Holder and then Loretta Lynch, both no good. If you check their records here in New York, they were both disastrous to our community. So we have nobody to save us. We have to save ourselves. You can believe all you want that if you get out here and you march and you pray, it didn't work in the 60s and it ain't working now. The more you march and pray, the more they kill you. So you better learn how to defend yourself and your family. Now, let me ask you this. Can possibly make a fearful people unfearful? 
Mm-hmm. It's just like a cat. If you back that cat up in a corner and you squirt water on that cat, he may throw his paw eventually to, like, block the splashes of water. And you keep squirting that cat and you keep squirting that cat. As soon as you turn your back, that cat will jump on you and try to take your life. You understand? <laughs> when you come amongst a group of, or a compound of red ants and mm-hmm. you come in their compound, they will kill you together. Yep. We have to stop being afraid of the power that our young people have. They are out here in the street. We have to be with them. We have to stand firm and let them know, yeah, you take this floor. We got your back. We have to stop this fear game. Those of us who call ourselves a conscious community, and I really don't like using that, but for the sake of argument, I will. For those of us who call ourselves members of this community, we should now have our own institution. We should have financial power right now, economic power. We are thinking individualistic. Ten of us have a business, ten of us in the same area, selling the same product. We're thinking individualistic, and we're not thinking conglomerate. We are not thinking merger. And so one of the things I do is I can't sit yeah, still. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> but we are not thinking. You said conglomerate. God damn it. Yeah. Talk <laughs> that. We have to think this, and that's one of the things I do. I teach small business. I consult, rather, with small business owners to help them to seek um, mergers because we are suffering individuals out here. Mom and pop shops are almost a thing of the past. You have conglomerates now. And I teach our brothers and sisters who are selling apparel and footwear how to get so many dividends off of the manufacturers that you purchase from, off of the wholesalers that you purchase from. Um, There are so many loopholes when you um, buy in bulk to guarantee your bottom line. The conglomerates understand that the mom and pop don't have this information, and so they feed on you. Manufacturers feed on those who particularly can only purchase small wholesale in bulk. So when you think conglomerate, think of how you can save your community. The small hats, as my dear brother, Irritated Genie, always says, the small hats now, (laughs) they understand conglomerate. When you go amongst their communities, in particular here in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, they may have individual mom and pops, but they purchase in bulk. And I can teach you yes. how to do these things, but um, we have to be serious. I'm not out here to play games. I don't have time to dilly-dally. It's either get free or die trying. I don't got time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. We do it together as a community because we're all trying to get free. You know, Nola Ledge Radio, King Simon, Sister Nefertari, Irritated Jeannie, Tad Cromwell, Sean Netta, Dr. Jeffries, Professor Smalls, Ashwa Quasi, Professor Carver, Black Dot, Professor Griff, 
We are all in this together trying to get free. And once we develop this code of ethics, this code of standing in our community, there will be no stopping us. And I hope we get it together quickly because, as I say, we are coming upon a political, a serious political year. I think I uh, heard you discuss the number six to you all earlier. We have yes, got indeed. to stand firm, sisters, and make this happen. I love my sister in Brownsville, East New York, who was going in on the popo. I mean, just letting these police officers who thought it was a joke in their position, in our position, to what the protesters was trying to get across to them, and she was able to um, spew out yeah. every black woman's aggression in that I got to meet that sister, indeed, absolutely. on 125th. Absolutely. Shout out to Sarnetta. Shout out to absolutely. her. Indeed. She she reminded me of you when I met her, too. That's funny. She had that spirit. I was like, wow. I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, the sisters, the warriors are out there. We love you. We lay our lives on the line to protect you. You know, this and is what it's some, about. we some, need some female attorneys. We need some female lawyers because lawyers have to be in the vanguard of everything we do. You know, no um, political platforms, no military platform operates successfully without a legal mind. So, Sisters who are attorneys, you know, we need you definitely. Be there Sunday. We we were just having this conversation. There needs to be a uh, legal slash lawful arm. And, you know, that's why it hurts my heart to see the beating that the Moors are getting or the the attempted beating that the Moors are getting in public. I think that there needs to be a lot more backdoor meetings with people to uh, discuss strategy, find out what each other knows from across the aisle. You know, more should be sitting in front of automatics and getting some of that military science slash legalese information that he has. We can't allow these gulfs to get wider. You know, we have to tighten them up. We got to build bridges. We have to get this information. We have to be important. We have to be just serious about our own liberation, survival, you know, and everything else that we talk about, you know. Absolutely. But like you said, and like King Simon said, the thing that comes between, you know, the the, the gelling of these um, organizations and and bodies of of people, the schools of thoughts, is the lack of a code of conduct and ethics. You understand? Because to have that instilled would mean that I would put everything else in my back pocket in order to hear you out. You feel me? And I know how to take the best parts and, and, and make something of that without being trying to always trying to be conscious, you know, uh, condescending and, you know, and, and, and just having this antagonistic energy towards everything that you say, trying to correct you mid-speech or what have you. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of evidence in our community. If you just look and listen long enough, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that there's just an absence, total absence of a code, you know, right. even Absolutely. in the streets. Absolutely. I mean, it's just not us. It's just society, period, across the board. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have a, a unique opportunity, as always, to set the precedent. Um, 
I don't I don't think that we give ourselves enough credit because it's a small band of people and we think that we're not mm-hmm. making waves. We think that we don't make a difference. And I'm here to tell you that we do. You know, just like Brother Irritated Genie came on the show and said that he was going into villages in Africa and they was mm-hmm. like, hey, You know Sarnetta? You know the pills? Mm-hmm. Like, it, That's it, what's up. It, it's connect- yeah, it it's you know, it's connecting and uh, a thought can go a long way. You know, thoughts travel faster than um than, than light, you know what I'm saying? So a thought. In this sphere, on this globe, whether you believe the globe is flat now, you whether you fall into that, whether you're saying it's <laughs> flat or it's a sphere, whatever you uh you know, consider and consider the fact that a thought can travel to Pleiades in two fourths of a second, okay? So that's how far thoughts can go. And, Absolutely. You know, these, these, Absolutely. these words are pushing these thoughts, and words can move mountains. Or so I was told, but now it's Absolutely. time to fortify it and put some action, you know, behind it. You know, firmly put our feet on the concrete, you know, and build edifices. Let's build these structures. I just came from Detroit. I want to talk about that on Sunday. I'm not going to get too much into it, this conversation. Yeah. I definitely want to let the family know what's going on. So yes, I mean you know Sunday Sunday is just a, a starting point, brother. It's, it's not the is all or be all. It's just a starting conversation because it, it was Professor Griff that really gave that title. Now I can't claim it. It's Professor Griff, and that's I humble myself to say the brother it's, called me when he was going through that thing with um, Tariq Nasheed, yes. and yes. he tried to call the brother, and Professor Griff is a straightforward person. His number's out there. If you if you have a problem with him, you can call him. If you if you have a, if he has a problem with you, he will call you because that's how we were taught as men to men to call each other and resolve it without Facebook, without YouTube, without everything else. Right. We can call each other right. and talk. Even when... When Professor Smalls and Irritated Genie was about to get at it, I called these two people, put them together, and they resolved whatever issues. This is how men and women supposed to do it. We don't need social media to resolve right. our issues. That's the problem. And Phil, Dr. Valentine used to say we need to form these dark matter think tanks, shut this stuff down, and just get into the dark matter think tank and start strategizing and making it happen and do it right. Quiet it down on the on the social media, and let's let's keep quiet, and let's let's really build, and let's do it silently, man. Because our silence is what's gonna make it real loud sound when we're silent. That's the loudest that, sound ever. Right. <laughs> they don't know. It's real. Well, big, big up to Dr. Right. Bill Valentine. You know who he'll be back in in New York in, in two thousand in two thousand sixteen. So let y'all know. That. Yes, the, the, uh, the yes. sister asked yes. earlier. I think your line dropped. She wanted to know about yeah. the number six, and we should also speak about the number nine. But going into a nine year, this year yeah. is crazy cow. So not only is it a high stakes political year, but it's a high stakes year, period, you know, in the global galactical history of this universe. We're going to go through a very, very um, key time. So can you speak on what that nine is about? Yes, sir. Well, you know, uh, you know, not like I was saying. I I taught this lecture uh, actually at Nicholas this weekend, and um, you know, hopefully we'll have the DVD out for that. So I can put. But if if people recognize nine represents completion, 
you know, and also a detox, a cleansing. And any time that nine pop up, because that nine, first and foremost, nine in ancient Chaldea was not used unless it was necessary for it to, to be used. Now, people like Pythagoras, when he came in and found out about the nine, of course, his ego decided to use the nine and, of course, claimed the system for itself and then made up to the one through the nine. The nine in the Chaldean system where it was the whole nation of Chaldea that used it was a mystical number that represented completion, but it also represented the two, the two, the two, the two, um, uh, the two uh, ec- um, uh, levels of uh, the two, um, what, what, what I say is on the same uh, as far as um, extremes, universal love yes. and war. In our sense, if us as a people, and I think uh, this, I got to commend Dr. Blair for saying this some years ago, if we as the original people decided at one particular time of the day to meditate on a certain thing, it can manifest together. Absolutely. That's the universality of the number nine and what we're getting into. Not only are we losing the this, this so-called black president, quote-unquote black president, and going into a nine. But remember, nine also represents Mars, which is war. So they're going, it's going to be turned up. And since October, things have been turned up from Paris and these other shootings coming up and all these different gunplay that's going on and a lot of fires and burning because that's a fire number that brings that about. And especially in, remember, America, and America is going to get a, a good blunt of this now because America is, is birthed under the number of the sign of cancer. July 4th, 1776 is when they manifested this nation. July is a cancer energy, and nine is in total opposition against the cancer. Thus, right. you will see that fire and water battling each other, and you will find that because we're going into the nine energy, you'll see a lot of things. You're going to start seeing a lot of uh, domestic, more domestic terrorism right here, more domestic terrorism on the, on the negative side. But if we as original people decide to come together and, 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 and keep our minds in focus and know the vision and know the plan that we got to do, we, because nine is also nine ether, which represents us again. So we can mm-hmm. really do something at a high level. I mean, there's so much to go into. I mean, if y'all came to that lecture, I was going into so much, and I was pinpointing certain things, even to the point that every nine year that you've seen from the eight going into the nine, because eight still represents infinity, from the eight year going into the nine, there was always these, these major events that happened. From from 1982 and all these these different types, uh, 1989 and all these type of things, I was showing those different those different dynamics, and um, I wish people could have came, but I just want to make people pay, pay attention to that nine year because it represents that completion. It represents getting back to understanding your uh, detoxing, your cleansing yourself, cleansing yourself from people that you don't need to be around anymore, people that are, uh, are that are toxic. Get away from these people, you know, because everybody, you know, everybody is not going to come. And I said that on Sinatra's TV show before. Everybody is not coming. There's going to be casualties. They have to be casualties of war. But like Keisha was just explaining, we need to learn how to deal with weapons because nine is also the ruler over weapons and war. But as we mm. are preparing for peace, we have to prepare for war. 
no doubt about it. You have to know how to defend yourself and protect your family in this day and time as we go into these nine energies. And because it's 2016, the two, the zero, and the one, and the six still works in tandem. It works, it works going throughout all this. And we all have to get connected back to our creator. Two representing the feminine energy of companionship and love and unity. The zero representing the extremities of life. That means it can go extremely positive or extremely negative. The one representing the creativity, the leadership, the qualities that we have. And the six representing the woman, the female, the Venus, the love that we can exude. And it makes up the whole nine that can be universal amongst us, the nine ether people, if we do this right. I, look, look, I broke down the. I, I broke down Chicago. Why Chicago is going through that? It's ran by so much nine energy. There's a nine energy in Chicago dealing with Chicago. Damn. So, I'm, I'm like, so that's, that's, that's that's that nine energy, energy right there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we better it's get it powerful. together. So, you know, Sunday's event, family again, is definitely a celebration of our brother and his 20 years of service. But these are gatherings as family when we have to, uh, you know, pretty much make self-determined decisions about our direction as a people, even if it's a small collective. So what? Your family only consists of four or five, six people at its core. You know what I'm saying? 10, 15, 20, that is out of circle for that matter. You know, and that means the world to you. So stop looking for these large numbers. If even if it's fifteen, twenty, thirty people, goddammit, that's enough to stave off disaster and start a whole new civilization if that's the case. So stop allowing people to paint this picture that your numbers are insignificant, okay? It's a thought collectively. And um, you know, what did they say in the Bible? Two or three more gathered, I am always there. Yeah, and you know, uh, Blue, you know, I want to yes. say one more thing about uh, Chicago, and I discussed this about with Lord one time. Every time you see this number, the, the complete word of Chicago adds up to a number twenty-three or number five. The 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 the, the um the consonant, the first three consonants, and 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 vowel adds up to the number nine, which that's the leading numbers of that of that of that breakdown. That show, that right. lets me know about the motivation and the personality of that that energy over there. Or the or the shy, because they call it the shy, right? They call it the shy, exactly. As up to nine, the C represents the three, the the H represents the five, and the I represents the the the, the one, which as up is three plus five plus one is nine. So that nine energy is that war, killing, fire, uh, that 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 weapons energy. So a lot of people will be died or hurt with that nine energy. But in numerology, from both Pythagorean and Chaldean, it adds up to number 23, and, and disaster, the word disaster adds up to number five in both systems. So every time mm. I see the five in any, anything that's going on, I know it's because the, the five represents it change, things that can happen real fast, and that's what disasters do. It can come at any moment, happen real fast and quick, and it changes people's lives real quick. Real quick. We've got to understand that number, those numbers, how life is mathematics here on earth, man. It's all mathematics, man. And these people that hey, came up with yeah. these words 
are all scholars that study numerology. They, 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 they studied it from all the different levels because they want to stay in power. They study all of our sciences because they want to stay in power. That's, that's, that's you know, that's what I've been trying to show people with the law 44. I'm just showing them, 44. like, look, man, this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how they do it. These are word and number sorcerers, okay? Exactly. Dealing with people that have a thorough knowledge of gematria and they're just stacking words and numbers on top of one another and utilizing frequencies to domesticate this planet, you know. So I want to do this. You know who was at UAM last week? They they had him on. He couldn't come in physically, but he he actually live streamed Dr. Oibo. Man. Oh, okay. He was breaking it down mathematically, the connection to the creator mathematically. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he got some new fire. We're going to have him back on the show very soon. Yes, please. So definitely shout out to Dr. Oyibo. And what I want to do now is I want to clear the way at 1032 on the 5 and bring in a caller from 302 triple threes with no further ado. Uh-oh. Peace to you and yours. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Absolutely. Uh-oh. The number eight is in the building. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's right. <laughs> That's my favorite word Indeed. right now. Absolutely. <laughs> this sister here, family. What you laughing you about, King Simon? <laughs> yes. Oh, this man. is one of the sisters responsible for the program that you hear right now. You know, tonight's episode that we're talking about the entire Nodalege movement. Um, you know, graciously, I can say yep. my my leg of the pillar aspect of things started on her platform and my brother Aww. attributes his beginnings to uh, sister Nikki Love. So, you know, we have to pay homage to the mother, to the woman who gave birth to, you know, what it is that you are bearing witness to. You know, we, we've come forward to do some great things. So I've been told in the community. So we have to reach back, pay homage, abundance child, Welcome to the program. Yes, it's an honor, as I told you earlier. Thank you. I miss this Thank right you. here. I do. I'm yes, feeling kind of like, this. feeling kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is definitely the house that you helped build. Um, Thank you. It's been a minute, you know, been seeing that you've been doing your thing. All right, mm-hmm. uh, reestablishing the code of conduct by way of health, you know, getting people's physical constitutions back in line with a um, with 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 an honest diet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With an alkaline mm-hmm. approach. Can you speak on that, please? Yeah, I mean, it actually started out like that when I was still on my platform on Wednesday nights. I did something called Drop Squad Kitchen. And that was unapologetically healthy because I felt as though we weren't spending enough time talking about 
what the food was doing. So I was exposing things like aborted baby fetuses in food, Pepsi products, all the Starbucks products, Ooh. all the Tazo products, Gatorade, all these products that we go grab in the store. Everybody wants to drink naked drinks. So I'm like, oh, these aborted baby fetuses, and they're telling you this. It's, you know, you Google it. And then I was like, wait a minute. I should start giving people examples. I should start giving people examples of um, various different foods that we can eat. Don't always talk about the negative aspect of things. Tell people, like, you know, you can use sea moss or you can juice some apples and some lemons and such and such, and this will be a great drink for you to have in the morning. It's cleansing. It tastes extremely good. And then I lost my job. (laughs) And I was like, uh, you know, we got a family business. It was Molly's Old Fashioned Ice Cream and Deli in the Riverfront. We've been here since uh, 85, 99 in this particular location. And I was like, you know, I was one of those proponents of you should work for yourself. You know, you shouldn't have to work for anybody else. If you spend all this, you know, time for everybody else, we should start building up our own thing. And um, But, you know, sometimes we slip, we go get jobs because we got bills to pay, blah, blah, blah. My mom was like, why don't you start, you know, you're always going up to Kingside and events. You're always catering here and there. Why don't you do some of your stuff here? I started doing the stuff. I started it started blowing up. Instagram came out. I started taking pictures. It started blowing up more, got more press. And so it turned into from an unapologetically healthy, by any greens necessary type of movement into I need to get this dough. I really want to do blog talk radio. I really want to be on the lecture scene. I really want to give information out about how not to vaccinate your children, how to, uh, you know, be able to operate in your status, all those things that I love. But, man, I'm not rubbing two pennies together. And I also saw that that was a a common thread in the conscious community. We got all this information, all this knowledge, but none of us have our own storefronts. We don't have our own land. There's just a lot of stuff we just don't have. We just spit in venom. We just spit in information. And people are coming and they're following us. And I was like, ah, man, I don't want to do this anymore. So I was like, listen, this is not what I want to do, but I'm good at it. I'm good at it. People really like the food. I'm changing people's lives. And um, I stuck to it, and that was something else that I figured out. I was like, yo, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Mm. So I stuck to it. I stuck to the food. I'm sticking to it. I'm, it's, I only started in 2012 with the Drop Spot Kitchen. It's not, it hasn't been five years yet. So um, you, what they say, most, you know, black businesses or businesses fail. So I'm like, yo, just focus on this one thing and max the hell out of this opportunity. I'm no longer incubating. I'm no longer in Molly's. I actually own Drop Squad Kitchen. Um, everything that I talked about is actually coming true by just staying focused. Um, I'm still homeschooling my children, so that's proof that you could do that as a single parent. They, they still don't have birth certificates. They still don't have socials, like all those types of things. Um I'm still doing the summit of the more so oh, on the economic <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> so I'm just saying all these things that I was talking about and I was saying we should do, we should we we should do. I actually sat my butt down, I got still, I started believing in myself, I started believing all the stuff that I was talking about and telling everybody they should do. And I just said, let me do it. And then I started getting my immediate family. You know how when you have multi-level marketing campaigns, the first few people, they say, go to your family. I went to my family. My brother's out in North Hollywood, right? He's an amazing artist doing great things with, you know, with great people. And But he's doing, you know, some hustle jobs. I'm like, yo, you should come out here and help me. I think I got the greatest idea in the family, blah, blah, blah. Packed up his shit. 
excuse me, packed up his stuff, drove all the way from California and became my business manager. My daughter is also um, my partner. So we're like, let's let our family, not just abundance, focus on one thing, let your family focus on one thing. And now we're focusing on, you know, some other things that, you know, when it comes about, I'll tell, because I've also learned to stop talking about what you're going to do and then just do it. So, um, that's what it is. It's not all about being healthy right now. It's about getting that dough. Why? So we can get some land. We can start really talking about all this other stuff that we're talking about. Because if we don't do that, then, you know what I mean, we have nothing. Hmm. Right. Right. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. I'm a keep saying it. I'll bow before you. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. Oh, give thanks. You know what's so funny that 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 uh, that, that drop squad itself has up to nine, which must have universal acclaim and universality. That that it's gonna work. It has to. You work. already know. It, I, all I tell you do speak to you. Do sure you always tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make, make sure your children or whoever the, the, everybody in there learn to speak a different language. Speak more languages. That's what that nine represents. Being being able to being able to converse with all different types of people would also attract much more business all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what that nine energy. That's what if you if you hear Lloyd speak about it, Lloyd will say if you're born in a nine or nine vibrations around you, learn another language. Learn another language. <laughs> Yo, mm-hmm. Mandarin might be learned in this country very soon. I mean, it needs to be a necessity. Oh, and yeah. I'll say that for the, yeah. I'll say that for my lecture. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me um my my mother's line dropped. I just want to open up her line real quick. Hey mommy. Right. Hold on, let me open it. Mother, are you there? Mama Phil. <laughs> She's with us. She's just traveling through the ethers right now. True. Mm. Wow. You know, you, you know, Brother's first uh, lecture with us in New York was back in 2009. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. What you okay. thinking? Oh, go ahead. No, I said, I said, uh, I said, tell, uh, uh. The Bundy's first lecture with us in New York was right here in 2009. Also, you know, get off the plantation. Yeah, that's right. I still got the DVD, girl. <laughs> love, love it. I'm no, still on that thing. Yeah. I just got to be an example. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to show people because Absolutely. you know, um, you know, a homie of mine was just like, there ain't no uh, celebrities in nation building. So you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, Sister Abundance, right, we will be mm-hmm. also convening, like you said, the third week of December back in Florida for the Summit of the Moors, where, oh, yeah. you know, we meet with some of our industrious, illustrious uh, veterans and sisters, you know, and um, I guess as the last summit, you were the premier guest, you will be the premier guest again you know, and we will be talking about what you have done between that period and this period, and you've done a lot, you know, and that's setting yeah. the precedent, that's leading the way, and that's setting the example, and it's important and imperative to either they're doing such.
because there is a very hidden, insidious voice in our community that says that it can't be done by a woman, okay? So the fact that mm-hmm. it is being done by women, they are leading the way, and they are taking information and taking it from the phase of knowledge to wisdom, which is feminine within itself. The activating principle within itself is, is feminine in its nature, Um I want you to speak on because you've been around for a minute, you know, where do you feel that the code of conduct was lost, you know, and me and you, we might come from a different walk than other people on the phone because, you know, we were amongst people who said that their standard was about law and their standard was about strictly uplifting fallen humanity. And then somewhere along the line, things kind of got shaky, you know. So mm-hmm. where can you identify and say the level of, of, of energetic infiltration took place? <clears throat> I think it's actually within us. And um, I think since we're speaking on code and conduct, we actually have to um, we have to do some of those more science things and start deal, dealing with the, uh, the etymology of those words. And that's, I'm, I'm going to um, talk about those things. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Hello? Can y'all hear Hello? me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Hello? Yes, yes, yes. I can hear, hear you. All right. I was saying that I'm actually going to be building on some of these things in the lecture, but I think that everything lies within us. And in more science, one of the first things that I learned was about the etymology of words. So I want to uh, delve into that, you know, during that lecture, my piece during that time on Sunday. But um, at the end of the day, I think that it's about um, us not having certain resources, that black gold that we speak of. When our focus became on what everybody else who we consider to be our open enemy to be the focus, I believe that that is where the fall came. We don't have the basic things that everybody else has. You know, like we don't have basic man and woman relationships. We don't have basic spending ability with each other. We don't educate our own people. We don't have our own pots of pissing, and we don't have our own land. We don't have any of the basic institutions that people who are doing far better than us, and we say that they shouldn't be, have. So. I think it's just base, very basic. You know, I mean, we just, you know, it's not that we, we don't have to be so scientific about everything. We need to have property so that we can have our own food, shelter, clothing, transportation, communication, you know, all these basic things. It's that simple, huh? I really do think it's that simple. I think, um, right. I mean, I, I really do think it's that simple. And I actually, that's one of the reasons why I stepped away from my platform because I had to put a mirror in front of myself and my mirror couldn't be one that was just everybody giving me applause all the time. Like, abundance, you're the shit, abundance, how do you do this, abundance? I'm like, man, that stuff gets to your head. You know what I mean? And you get so busy trying to help everybody else out that you don't necessarily stay on task. You don't do what it is that you were put here to do or what your mission is to do because you're worrying about everybody else. I really do think that it's that All I got to applaud that. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that was a eureka moment. 
I really do think that we, Red Pill, Blue Pill, Bunnish Child, King Simon, not saying us directly, but I really do think that we have helped, like, the black church undevelop the potential of us and that we've actually squandered, impaired, um, prostituted, you know, in service to the people that we say are open enemy. Everything is about commerce, and that's good. That's a good thing, but it's not been in our favor. And at the end of the time, at the end of the day, we've been wasting a lot of energy. You know what I mean? You know how I like I love future, but I was thinking the other day, we was like talking about you, consciousness, you ain't got shit. Like, come on, man. Yes. True. You know what I'm saying? Talking about the black woman as God. I've been like, bitch, you can't cook shit. Like, come on. Like, we, it's so basic. <laughs> love it. Love her. Love my sister. Love my sister. Family, family. Yeah. Sunday is going Y'all to know be I love hip hop. Off the hook. All right. Yeah. Make sure that you are in the building. It's going to be nothing short of explosives, all right? You're going to leave, you know, just mm-hmm. just walking on another level, another plane, and with these tools that are going to be giving you, I don't know what you can't do, you know what I'm saying, right. at that point. So, you know, I, I want you to speak about that because people think that we just gather to make one another feel good and require you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, you people walk away from these events and, you know, nothing gets done or what have you, you know, which can be further from the truth. But if someone's looking from the outside in, that might be the perception. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, um, let the work speak for themselves, you know? Like, okay. I live in Delaware. I, You see, I, I got a lot of flack. I'm not doing the radio show. I don't go to New York every five, you know, every weekend, and I'm on every ticket and all that type of stuff. I couldn't. I had to start start being local. So the Girl Society is local. I train four days a week with the Modern Jiu-Jitsu Club, you know, Club MVJ, local. Like, you know, we train in martial arts. I go to the gun range at least once a week so that we can train and so that I can train these girls because it is a – Oh. Well, it is a criteria for you to be trained. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying I have to say local. <laughs> is it local? That's right. Yeah. That's I mean, right. what's crazy is that we're local. all connected. Yes. You know we yep. connected because you know who I trained with, and they yes. trained with Moses Powell, and they trained under Professor V. Like, everybody knows. So, right. at the end of the day, if you stay local, when we come to New York, we can get some stuff done. You know where do you go. We got our own underground railroad going. But at the end of the day, if we don't have some basic stuff, I'm tired of going necessarily to everybody else's businesses. I'm tired of uh, renting out hotels for the Summit of the Moors. Done with the Summit of the Moors. This is the grand finale. The Summit of the Moors needs to be on our own land that we own. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired of having the homeschool conversation. We shouldn't even be having these conversations. We should be having uh, places where we, we buy things and everybody puts their dough into, and now we have our own school, we have our own grocery stores. We're not worried about cops coming on here because what are cops coming on 400 acres of land when you got all your own stuff? It just don't make any sense. When we're able to do what other nations of people do, you know what I mean, because we can trade with China and we're not having to worry about embargoes and stuff like that, then, you know, to me, it's just basic stuff, but we just getting caught up in the in the in, you know the grandiose 
of things and, you know, uh, who's better, the Hebrews or the Moors, you know, all that all that <laughs> stuff that we're already dealing with. We need to be talking about how are we going to come together and put this dough together and let's just get one piece of land. Like, come on. Yep. Yep. That is Simple. We're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not keeping it simple, stupid. That's all. We're not doing the kiss theory. Keep it simple, soldier. We gotta be yeah, stop talking. To, stop asking us about clothes and stuff like that, man. You ain't making the clothes. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Hmm. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us came from great grandparents or grandparents that were seamstress and tailors and shoemakers. My grandfather was a shoemaker. My mother was a seamstress. My grandmother was. I don't know why we're not doing these clothing things. Bobby Hammond is a shoemaker for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. He went to medicine. Mm-hmm. He didn't even teach us how to make shoes. He should taught us to make shoes. Let's make some shoes. Uh, he never. Right. Bobby never did a lecture about shoemaking. Nope. <laughs> Yo, and the guy's oh. clothing is tight. I know that. Oh, the gas is tight, yeah. Right. Shout out mm-hmm. to the gas. Shout out to all of the oh, family out in Detroit. Right. Indeed. Indeed, yes. So there's a lot to discuss. Um mm-hmm. you know, with but definitely in honor of the fact that, you know, you you made a decision to step away, understood, but you utilize that time wisely, you know, not only have you set an example for the community at large, but more importantly, you set it for your family. You know what I'm saying? Your daughters. Mm-hmm. Have now seen what it takes to actually bring talk into the realm of fruition, where they can physically see, oh, this is a real thing. Mama took it upon herself to put it on her back and carry it. You know what I'm saying? I can do that as well. Because now you can I give a Blue shout Pills. out for my daughter, Blue Pills? Please do. Yo, yeah, please. shout out to Nana, because I said she wants to be called Nana. Oh, <laughs> I went you know, through so oh. much with that one, man. I got, and, I got um, some music in here, you know, we could... All praises due to Allah, we, we, Lord of all the world. We, the <laughs> one God, the praises due for... <laughs> we could get some future up for us, baby. Oh, word, yeah. Live from the gutter, Nana. He say put some future on. Come on over here, girl. <laughs> Shaking her ass. But not for real. My daughter's not in college or anything like that. That's her choice. She was like, Mom, for real? Like, why would I go to they box? You know what I'm saying? To go try to work in a box and go beg them for a job and stuff like that. She was like, I really think I like your plan. She was just saying, my babies will be set. Like, you know, we need to be the first generation to do this. We need to be the first generation that didn't get educated by somebody else. We need to be the first, uh, you know, first generation that was just like, you know, we're not going to be a part of this corporation. We need to be the first generation that really raised their families up and their businesses up and became our own tribes and nation states and stuff like that. Let's be a real family of sovereigns. Like, we occupy all our own time. And I'm really, really proud of her because she didn't have to do that. And every time I get, even like yesterday, I was so in the dump. She was like, yo, mom, you told me. She's like, we got this. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout her out real quick because, you know, it didn't have to be like this. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. My business partner, That's man. wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, yes. There would be no drop by kitchen without Anana. Anana makes all of the food. Like I created the food. I taught her how to do it. She makes all of the food that comes through Drop Squad Kitchen. I make it wow. look pretty and take pictures. Anana makes every veggie burger, every beef steak. She makes all of it for real. Mm. Okay, she get a bomb too. 
Keisha, the straight black pride crew gonna have to drive over to Delaware and go visit the drop squad kitchen. That's it. That's, That's it. it. We coming across the line. We coming right. across the line. But this is wonderful. I I keep saying it. The sisters getting getting it together. The jig is gonna be up for everybody. Everybody. It's Jiggle over. Up. It's over. Yes, indeed. Let me see if my mother's in the building yet. Call her from the 424-200. Mama Pill, you with us? Hello? Give me the <laughs> Mama, she on a bus. Yeah. She don't fly. She don't that fly. Bus oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, she don't, she don't like the planes at all. She don't trust me. <laughs> wow. I can dig it. That's big. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's a James Brown didn't like the fly <laughs> When you look oh, up, no, you're yeah. like, how in the hell is that up there like that? <laughs> a dolphin in the air. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Just, but I got to go, y'all. I got to oh, go. Okay. You know, the, the king is coming home. My first job is wife and mother. So the king <laughs> is about to come through the door, and I'll see you all Sunday. My sister, yes. this child, I just love you so, so much. So, so much. I love you. And Thank I you. will see you all Sunday. King Simon, D-Man. My Jamaican brethren. We the, we the people. I tell you, Jamaican, I've been saying, wow, God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Peace. Uh, peace. I uh, just want to remind everybody we're going to be at Tropical Reflections Ballroom. Yeah, moving into the first time I'm doing it this ballroom, black-owned and operated, originally owned and operated. And uh, remember, give me a call. I won't say everything. It's 347-496-1022. We're at Tropical Reflections Ballroom in the heart of Brooklyn, one block over from CPAC where we've seen the likes of Phil Valentine and Oshawa Clayton, one block over. Glenwood Road off of Utica Avenue, so come on out. The Tropical Reflections doors open at 2.30, 3 o'clock, and we started off on time around 3.45, performances and libations and all that good stuff, all the way through to 8, 8, 9 o'clock. So, well, eight, she gave it to 8, but, you know, we don't work it. <laughs> she don't work it. <laughs> so it's all right. So I can't wait. We're going to have a good time. It's not about me. Like I tell people, it's not about me, man. It's a code of conduct. We definitely got to sit down and at least plant the seed and then move on and grow. Drop Squad Quick Kitchen is doing it. The Girl Society is doing it. KTL is doing it with Kings County. I'm doing it. Keisha is doing it. Uh, 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 Dr. Melody is doing it. Brother Polite them is doing it. Jeannie is doing it. Of course, Chris is doing it. We need everybody to do it together. And, you know, it, it's it, I like I like to keep the peace, but we have to bring the pieces together. I, I want to keep <laughs> the peace. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what I told this guy online because he tried to dog out Griff. And I said, nah, see, I said, I gave him Griff's number online. I said, Griff is easy accessible. All you have to do is call him and settle your problems that you have with Griff. And then he, he, right. he, 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 what he tried to do, he tried to say that, you know, why didn't he settle with Tariq? I said, you don't even know the back ends to it. I, I just told him, no, you don't know. He did call the brother. He did try to settle it. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all don't even know. I, I was in the midst of it. So I know what they are. So you guys, you know, they just up there. Everybody's going on emotion, and that that Facebook and that stuff is just can be very dangerous if you don't use it correctly. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> Indeed. 
Indeed. Well, I want to ask uh, Sister Bunnish Town because, mm-hmm. you know, again, we are here. We're celebrating King Simon's 20 years service to the community. Um, around, there's certain people that I can identify that have been there from the beginning, been there from day one, and you were one of those people, you know, uh, you know, through the multiple different venues that we have all frequented, you know what I'm saying, whether they mm-hmm. was big hall events or they were smaller, you know, um, more intimate settings, what have you. As a family, we all came through this thing together. So what does this mean to you to see the brother achieve this milestone, to reach this milestone, you know, and the, the, the pavement that he has laid, you know what I'm saying, and the planes that have taken off from that tarmac, you know what I'm saying, yourself being one of those, you know, uh, jumbo jetliners as well, you know. <laughs> what does it mean to you? How do you feel? I feel great. I This is nothing to me, these these many years that he has done. This is nothing. He hasn't even scratched the surface. No disrespect, but King Simon hasn't even the king out of him yet. He's been making kings. He's been making queens. Um, now, he hasn't even self-realized. The, the, the man is just so special. And I say that because it is very hard to deal with a bunnish child, and he has been dealing with me from day one. And um, he is somebody who supports sisters. He always has the sisters on the platform. He's one of the first people to do that. He was the executive producer of Abundance Child. No, excuse me, of Ask Abundance. Then what was it, Abundance Child Live, then Abundance Child Worldwide. And um, he's he's loyal. So this is nothing to me. There's going to be so I don't think that we have even seen anything from King Simon. I think King Simon is still coming out of his shell. So, um, I, I mean, I don't even like that the fact that I'm saying, um, because it just, I'm, I want to be careful about what I'm saying, but, uh, King Simon, I love you. I know, I, I know your heart. I really, really do. I understand your mind. I really, really do. And this is nothing, man. Like this is nothing. You have been on so many world stages. You have brought about so many people that we idolize and uh, people that we wish that we could get close to. People wish they could have got close to a Farrakhan or Khalid Muhammad or any of you. You know everybody. There was nobody that came on my show that you didn't give me their number to. So, like I said, you're a king and a queen maker. This is nothing. King Simon, this is this is uh, what you deserve. This is where you're supposed to be. Everything is in divine order. And um, this is just the beginning. So I give thanks that you continue to be loyal and keep us all around. And like I said, there's not too much that I'll do, but when King Simon calls me to do something, I'm there. So that's saying a lot as far as I'm concerned. So thank you, and thank you, Red Pill. Thank you, Blue Pill. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I, I believe me. If it's vice versa for me and that sister there, because we met and she's been supporting since we brought that big Doctor Sabi. You remember when y'all launched y'all yes. Seven Heaven? They launched their Seven Heaven. They came. Yeah. We were doing. Yeah. We, and, and that was one of the that, biggest that, things. That, 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 that was. She brought Dr. me Sebi on. She brought me on the show. Yep. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. did the show right yep. before the uh, the appearance. Yeah. I did the interview. On her right. program, on the Bundance Child, I hadn't spoken to Sabi 
in a minute, you know what I'm saying? And that was that was an honor. Um, yeah. That was the first time that I interviewed him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it was unprecedented. Um, I would never forget that opportunity it was afforded me because I, I got bit by the blog talk bug after that. Yeah, you sure did. That was a ledge. <laughs> That was a great era, man. For as far yeah. when I was while I was there, it was a great era. We were really doing it. I feel as though we were the people who were coming out. We made more science look like it was popping, like it was we, we, you know, like it was Jay Z. We gave it the flair. You we know did. what I'm saying? We gave it we we, we, we you know, we brought out the uh the armor roll and signed it up. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to <laughs> Siam and, and all of the brothers. Siam, Elamir. Yeah, the whole I way. started off the show with them. was in court. Hmm? Yeah, I started off the show with them. Remember, it was Ross Mariah, Taj, Siam, yes. Dr. Aline, yes. El Bay, yes. uh, Chief Nine Al, and um, sister from Chicago, uh, brother Sheik, El, uh, Sheik Love and them. Crazy. Yeah. Blue was on the show every week. Yeah, now, now you know. Look at us all. You know, we've gone, we've gone forth to do magnificent things, and like you said, you know, only scratching the surface. You know what I'm saying? Only scratching the surface, and have provided the platform for so many people to come forth. You know, afterwards and. These yes. people now have platforms, and they've provided exactly. platforms for yes. others to come King through. King Simon, you're at the vortex of all of that. Don't you ever forget that. I mean it. I've been telling you this for years. Don't you yeah. ever forget that you are at the vortex of that. You know, we are mm-hmm. because of you. We are because of all of us, actually, but you, my man, are at the vortex of that. Nobody can say nothing to me about King Simon, really. Wow. I mean, you know, like I, I think I keep on telling, I said, I said to my wife, I said, yo, I'm, my 50s are going to be my greatest years. I'm two years from 50. 50 is going to be my greatest years. I'm telling y'all That's going to be the now, one right there. <laughs> Give me something to look forward to, man. I'm like, okay. You know, the 40 hey, thing is hard. <laughs> I know, you just turned 40, so I know you. <laughs> and with the brothers, look at your turn. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I turned 40, and I'm proud of it. I turned 40, 40 yeah. too, right? You turned yeah. 40 this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. we, all, yeah. We, we in the 40-40 right. 40 club, okay. That's right. Yeah, 40-40 yeah. club. I'm, I'm it the was the build-up. They Scorpios right. are Pisces. A little bit of fishies, last but not least, Yeah. Uh-oh. Triple you Pisces. Know. Come on now. Yeah, 40-40 club. That's right. Welcome to the 40-40 club. <laughs> And you know, right. it was it was the build up to it was kinda like um there was anxiety involved, but I remember that very night that I crossed that threshold, everything was cool. It was like, Oh, we good, man. It ain't what it seemed. This this is a wonderful place to be. And um, you know, I I, I grew up like overnight, you know what I'm saying? The things Me that too. were allowed yeah. in the thirties, the the passes and the transgressions that you allowed of like now I'm forty. I'm an adult. If anybody gets in my way, they're going to get run over. You know, so I, cut my locks, I cut my locks, man. <laughs> yep. Cut your locks. Cut your locks. 
on my birthday. Yeah. I was like, yo, I don't want to be afraid of anything, like, you know, have a fear. And I was thinking about all of us are natural, and I had all this length in my hair. I've been growing my locks since 1997. And I was, and I used to always say, when I see sisters with the natural, like, I'm never going through that ugly phase again. And I kept saying that, and I was like, what? Oh, so you scared. You you scared to be natural. You think because you have natural hair because your hair is locks and you just let it go that, you know, you really consider yourself natural. And I said, I'm not going to be afraid. And I cut them joints off and I started from scratch all over again. I, yeah. I've got the little curly afro right now and it's all good. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, let me just put some extensions in or something. Like, I can't. And I'm like, nah, man. You know what I mean? I'm not doing that. So, hey. yeah. All, all sheep said they will, baby. All sheep said they will. And that's what he does sometimes. Said the will. That's what Gregory. That's what Gregory Isaacs told me on the radio years ago. <laughs> said he, he, said his he, cut, he cut his last Well, yeah, big up to that ancestor there. Man, you see. But you know, you know what's so funny? It's 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 you know it's been a journey, and I got to thank people that kept it up while. Even myself, I started doing a lot of conscious stuff back in '85 with the Unsolved Law community. You know, mm-hmm. promoting the Doctor York, or well, Imam Issa at the time, and you know. But you got to commend people like the ones that did LIU, like uh, uh, AA Rashid and, and and Black Dot and and, and Shabazz, brother Shabazz, that kept that, that kept it going. Sonetta, that's keeping it going the way he's doing it. And but you know, but one thing I realized that the, the sisters. We we got to put these sisters out there, man. We keep on, it's just like having conferences and not having sisters to me is like, yo, nah, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I, as I got, you know, like, sister, I know I know Dr. Ali Muhammad said, you know, sisters should be protected or put in the background sometimes. I've been, nah, nah, well, sister, we came out of these women. They need to speak up. We need, they need to speak out. Because this, in this 2000, now that we reached the year of 2000, and we're in an Aquarius, going into this Aquarian age, 2000 is a feminine number. It's the women's number. Now, we did all that 19 and 18. That's all. That was men. That was all men right there. But this 2000 stuff, women, we need to recognize. And if they don't, if they don't get it, we can forget it. Just like I just said earlier in the show, if sisters don't get it, we can forget it. The hands that rock the cradle rules the world. got to mm. stop, stop shutting them down, Stop shutting them down and bring them out. Tell my wife, yo, you got to shine. Every woman that's around me, they got to shine. They got to tell me what kind of talent you got. Let, you know, abundance have a, a, so much wealth of a talent. Keisha has so much wealth of, of talent. But I, I wanted to spend a week with Dr. Africa and, 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 and uh, Melanie. Wealth of talent. just And Dr. Africa himself, he's something else. You know, he's an accomplished musician. People don't even know he can play the piano like crazy. You know, but you know, this wealth of talent. Yeah, nobody knows this. Yo, this wealth of talent. The, you know, all the, the women and the men. Community, the importance of community. You know, where you can actually be in proximity to one another, to know one another. You know, right. I'm not gonna get on the platform tonight and start screaming about what needs to be done X, Y, and Z, like the sister said. You just have to quiet yourself, fall back, exactly. and get to doing. I took a break, Abundance Child, um, for like four or five months because mm, yep. I, the best way that I explain it to people is that I said, imagine if you keep going shopping, you know what I'm saying, 
and you put all of these groceries on the table, you know what I'm saying? You don't even take them out the plastic bag, you know, and your 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 whole goal is that you're supposed to be preparing something with these groceries, with these ingredients, let alone putting them in the cupboard and putting them where they need to be. And then stuff just starts going stale in the bag, but you're still bringing in more groceries and piling them on top of the table. Sooner or later, the table's going to give way. You know what I'm saying? It's going to buckle under all of that weight and pressure. And you just wasted all of that money. You wasted all of those ingredients. And you wasted the potential to actually prepare a meal that's nutritious. You know what I'm saying? And just complimentary to, you know, the, 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 the currency that you put out. You know what I'm saying? That's supposed to be and in exchange for the nutrition that you're supposed to bring in. So the groceries is the information. You know what I'm saying? Show after show after show after show after show after show after show. You you you're not you can't possibly get enough time to say, Yo, I would like to do that thing that this person came on the show and blew us away with. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that thing requires dedication. It might take six months, it might take eight months, it might take a lifetime to say, I'm gonna implement that into my natural makeup and my, my overall plan about what I'm going to do to uplift fallen humanity. So you're jumping from here, then another person comes with a great plan, and you go over there and you're flirting with it and you take pieces of it, you know, but you're putting your toe in. You're not fully immersing yourself in these experiences, you know, and you can't possibly be centered enough to know what's real versus what's fake because then a lot of people come forward with things that sounds very good, <laughs> but that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. There's really uh-huh. no intent behind it to really do something, but it sounds good. And then now mm-hmm. it's, you're bringing this to your audience, you know, and then your audience is holding you responsible to say, yo, this dude was a fraud. You know what I mean? How did you allow somebody to come on your program and, 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 and fraud the people or, you know, Send us for a loop, or you know what I'm saying. Send us for a curve, and it's like you 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 throwing your hands up, and you like you know I'm in an audience just like you, and I'm getting hit by all of this information and all of these guests and all of these possibilities, and you know what I'm saying, all of this excitement. So you gotta fall back and say, "Damn, what one thing am I going from it all?" and implement, you know, to make myself a better person, you know what I'm saying? And then you come back and you offer that to the people based on your knowledge of saying, I experienced this, you know what I'm saying? This worked for me, you feel me? This is something that I incorporated into my life, and it actually made things better, not only for me, but people directly around me, you know? So that's why I have to fall back. You know what I mean? And I had to get back into the street. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I haven't... I needed my summons back. I needed my, my, my summer nights and what have you. I was immersing myself in the human experience once again, being around, you know, the, the, the people that people talk about. You know, we, we're supposed to be in this mission to uplift fallen humanity. Those are the 85ers that you're talking about, so... Why be so subjective to them? This is where your work needs to be done. So if you don't know what they need, who they are, what their conversation is, what their inclinations are, 
how can you possibly do anything to help them? And why do you even think that they need your help? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Because a lot of them was living great when I was around them. They had all this shit figured out. You know, mm-hmm. and they have actually something to offer. It's not so much that they need our help. Mm-hmm. They have the missing pieces. They got the resources. They got the heart. They got the know-how. They have the diligence. They have the loyalty. Okay? And they ain't going to talk about something and not do it. They're going to get to it. So there, there needs mm-hmm. to be a bridge built in you know, we need to not be inflated by information to think because we know something that we're better than other people or we can actually help other people if we can't even help ourselves. Like you said, you know, the basics are missing. Food, clothing, and shelter, that's it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not impressed if you can read a hieroglyph from 5,000 years ago. You can't bring hieroglyphs into court. It's not going to work. You know, I heard I heard Les Brown say it's not how much you know, it's how much you care. Mm. What we, who we care and what we care about. We can know so much, but it's what you who you care. Even when I do consultations, my consultations go over sometimes in time because I want the person to get it. I want them to know that they were born on this earth for a reason and we gotta all do it. We all telling for a reason, we're all met for a reason, we all collaborate with each other for a reason. We all get hated for a reason. We all get loved for a reason. It, it, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yes. We forget. Yes, there's, there's, there's a reason. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a reason we all have an, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, a solar signature, cosmic signature for that. You know, get to know yourself and everything that you need to know about yourself is encoded within you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that that intimate relationship, you feel me, is what one needs to really develop before, especially to get out here and start trying to tell other people about them or their lives. You know, what do you know? What did you learn new about yourself today? You know what I'm saying? How close yeah. did it get to you? You feel me? And then people will come and start asking you questions. You know, let them come. Don't always be the one that's going out there to point and to give. We're in a different space and place right now, but I want to do this. I want to open up the lines and bring in another one of our esteemed guests for the evening. Sister Nefertari, if you are with us, please press 1 on your phone, and I will open up your line bring you into the bill. Okay. Just give her a second. I mean, I see her in the call queue. I just don't want to. There we go. All right. So, with no further ado, call her from the 202-202-309. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Peace. Peace, peace, family. A beautiful holiday. Yes, yes, yes. yes. First Greetings. and foremost, I Welcome. just want to say I apologize. I want to apologize to your audience, brother, for being late, being tardy. No, no. Um, that was not my intention. No, so. no apologies necessary. Everything is in due time. You are here in perfect timing. We are honored by your presence. Salute to your mate, Brother Irritated Genie. And um, Welcome. <laughs> 
Thank you, brother. Thank you. And I just want to say um, this evening we were uh, honored to be able to go and see our our Baba, Baba Ashwa Crazy, the Grandmaster Teacher, um, in Baltimore. So we're literally on the road as we speak. Um, it ran a lot later than we anticipated. And so, um, but so I had to pay my respect and my honor and make sure that, um, you know, I was there to at least to greet him. Um, so, again, I apologize for the delay, um, but I would like to say I'm honored that you would invite me onto your program. And I just Absolutely. want to take just a few moments. I know you're wrapping up and you're going into your closing time. I just want to take a few moments to encourage the family to come out to Brother King Simon's 20th anniversary on Sunday evening um, in Brooklyn. Um, I'm honored to be to be invited to even share anything with the family, but because I am so in awe of Brother King Simon um, and work that he's been doing over the last 20 years. I mean, that's that's more than you know. <laughs> I know where I was going twenty Indeed. years ago and I wasn't <laughs> helping our people. So <laughs> um doing more damage to myself than anything. So this man has been out there in the in, in, in the community putting in work and I'm honored honored to share this celebration with him and I think that everyone who can make it, and you should be able to make it. I mean, we're talking about Brooklyn. You got trains, buses, you know, you can drive, you can train, and yes. bus, you can walk there, whatever you need to do. It's definitely um, doable because I'm certain that because of the work that he's done over these last two decades, many of our brothers and sisters have come into different knowledge and awareness of self-awareness of the situation that is affecting our people around the globe because they attended King Simon event. I mean, literally, yes. in preparation for your show tonight, I, I had to stop and think back about how I came into consciousness. Literally, tonight I was going to go see It's really, like you said, everything happens for a reason. Tonight I'm going to see my Baba, Baba Ashwa Crazy, who, if it wasn't for him, I would not be walking this path that I'm on today. I would, not have, I would have never met my mate. I met Irritated Dean on Baba Ashwa Crazy and Mama Crazy's trip in 2004. But even beyond and before all of that, when it was just my best friend and I talking about we wanted to go to Egypt, we wanted to do the pyramids. You know, we had nothing about no consciousness, nothing about black people doing nothing to do with building the pyramids. We just wanted to go, to the, we wanted to go on a trip and we wanted to go to see the pyramids. And she researched Bible Crazy. We don't really know this person, but we'll check them out. She said, well, I see. She called them up and they said, we're going to be doing a, a, a lecture in Harlem. Um, you should come on out. My, my best friend was from Yonkers, so we said, okay, we want to go out there. And it was Brother Sue Tech. Y'all brothers remember, Brother Sue Tech had that bookstore just off 120th of yes. Street in yes, Harlem. Right. And yes. we went there in the back the original of the house of had a lecture. Yes, yes sir. We had yeah. lectures in the back of the bookstore, and we saw Baba and Mama play the speak, and we was like, okay, we going with them. That was it. <laughs> like, we going that trip. Okay. That was it. And that lost my consciousness. So my point to that was just, again, it wasn't for Brother Tech doing the work, having events in the community. I would not be here to talk to you today. So it's the same way Brother Tech opened that door and allowed me to be able to come on this pathway and help 
know, I'm sure there's many brothers and sisters who attended a King Simon event over the last 20 years and enhanced their consciousness just by sitting in the seat that he made available. You understand what I'm saying? But we owe yes. him this small semblance of homage, this, 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 this small gratitude to say thank you. Thank you. You know, Indeed. thank you. <laughs> and so I encourage Hold on, you, you, you deserve yours as well. We're going to... Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Oh, well. As as is the custom tonight, you know, you open the portal, and I have to segue into that conversation. We mentioned two barbers on the program tonight, and I have um, my stories connected, both of them. You know, of course, I had my earlier exposure to information and consciousness by way of my mother, Sabi, my grandfather, um, Baba Samaj, and everyone else that was trying to work on me when I was in the street. But my transformation didn't fully kick in until the year of 2000. I was on Flatbush Avenue, and the first uh, VHS I got of a conscious lecture was by Phil Valentine. I got it from uh, one of my Marasas, Brother Infinity. He gave yes, me well, brethren, Phil right Valentine. Right yes, friend. yes. Yes, my good friend, yes. He gave me a, a, a VHS breaking down, Phil Valentine breaking down an X-Men movie. So I was like, wow, somebody's decoded movies? Like, this is what's up. I'm with this. You feel me? Like, I'm going to take this home and watch it. So I watched it. It gave me a headache because he was dropping so much information. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Who, who are these people? Like, he's going all the way in. And, you know, you you... I I knew him, but I didn't know him. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone is family. They're, they're part of the same circles and what have you. But my mind was somewhere else, you know, and I wasn't allowing these connections to be made because I was only focused on what I was focused on. Um, but my mind started veering towards wanting to know more. And I said, man, if there's somebody putting out information like this, it has to be more people, you know, on this path, and there has to be more of this information. So I started searching, and one day I got off the train on DeKalb Avenue, and there was a brother who was set up right on DeKalb and Flatbush. And mind you, all of this happened on Flatbush Avenue, just different ends mm. right? So, and I'm from Flatbush, right? So now I'm on DeKalb and Flatbush, and this kid goes, Brother Shabazz, okay? And Brother Shabazz, you know, he was more youthful than Brother Infinity, so I was able to, you know, speak to him to kick the bobo. He, uh, so he was a five percenter who had connections with Wu Tang and this that, and the other. So he was able to speak hip hop parlance and what have you. Oh. So he's like, "Brother, I got one for you." You know what I'm saying? You know, you want to take um? Because I was like, "Yeah, you know, I want to learn more about Christianity." You know what I'm saying? What's going on? Like, I want to get a, a closer grasp. Because I read all of the... Huh? I I read all of the majority of the Illuminati books up until that point. So, kind of was abreast about conspiracy and things of that nature. So, the brother gave me an Ostraquazy tape, The African Origins of Christianity. Oh, my God. You know, that was it. That's the one that knocked me off the fence. 
if if I was undetermined about what I was going to do with my my life at that point in terms of fully immersing myself in consciousness or going back into the streets, I said, this is where I want to be, you know what I mean? Because the amount of information that he was able to show us going back into Kemet, you know what I'm saying, and going into the walls and really detailing the stories that were in that book, he's showing you the stories on the wall. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that. I've never heard nobody tell those stories in that manner. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was just blown away. It, it just was a total confirmation to me that there was something out there that I did not know, and everybody around me was being deceived. You know? <laughs> so that started the cocoon phase. You're like, oh, shit, like, you know, where am I at? And then I saw the Matrix after that, and it was just a wrap. And then I got pulled into uh, a brother of mine, you know, Brother Rikers, you know, who I was in the street organization with. He was like, I want you to come to these classes on Wednesdays. And that ended up being uh, the more science classes, the original classes with uh, Brother Mia, you know. And this brother ends up later on in life marrying my mother, you know what I'm saying, but helping me at key stages and chunks in my life to defend myself in court. I had two court cases at that time from my street involvement. So these are the things that put me... And then King Simon, all of this is going on at the same time, and then I, I link back up with JP, and we start Four Corners newspaper, newspaper. So mm-hmm. now I'm able to utilize the tools that I learned by going to school for journalism to do what I actually wanted to do but now I'm able to infuse consciousness in it. And then later on, I, I link up with a, a bus driver by the name of Black Dot who has a book written <laughs> that he needs to get out. And then as the as the editor, I go to war with JP. It's like, no, we're not putting sports on the back page. We're putting this 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 Black Dot, you know, uh, uh, you know his his uh, exposés or what have you. And that launched the whole Black Dot phenomenon. And you know, I met. The brother uh, Shabazz hooked Shabazz up with Black Dot, and then we utilized uh, uh, another brother who I will remain unnamed at this particular time because Black Dot said, look, we need to bring Valentine into the community to teach the young people because when I was going to his lectures, I was the only one in the class under 40. So I said, cool, you know, we can do that. Brother Shabazz has his contacts, you know, and then we go and we formulate a plan to do our first lecture, and then that starts the revival, or you know, of what I call the metaphysical. What we all call the metaphysical underground at that time, and this was the phase or the platform that now has merged into, you know, what everyone else, what you are doing, what Sarnetta ended up doing, because after Valentine fell out with Shabazz. You know, Sarnetta mm-hmm. came with the uh, technological advancement of the DVD over the VHS, and he kind of crossed that platform, and he took the whole, you know, uh, momentum that was garnered, and we saw the separation based on the two different camps with Valentine students falling out with uh, Bobby Hemmings students and what have you. And um, it's just amazing how one spark, you know, can spiral into so many reverberating things, you know, and here we are. You feel me? 
and it comes full circle where you're telling me the story about, you know, what Baba Kwesi did for you as well. So yes, it is indeed. so important. Yes. yes. That we understand, you know, because people like to minimize the contribution that these master teachers make. They say, oh, they're just talking. You know, what are they doing? They're just talking. They haven't built anything. And I'm like, you, you just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? You don't understand what that planting of the seed is all about. And you can't and you can't forget who 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 has the largest archive of collection from Balakwazi's teacher, Dr. Ben and Clark and Cap, Dr. Minister Clemson Brown, which Shabazz yes, yes, and all yes. of them have it, it, it owes a gratitude to them to him for what he did. Yes. Maintain. He's still alive today. I've seen him uh, at yes, Dr. Shout out to Clemson. You gotta shout out that brother because the last major lecture that was ever done at the slave theater was Baba Crazy, mm. and Baba Crazy told me that myself before the Jews came to shut, shut that thing down at the slave theater right there, Bedford. Wow, you know. So Baba Crazy yes, has crazy. Uh, impacted a lot of us for years, sister. Crazy, yes. <laughs> yes, sir. And you know, but your brothers bring up a good point because. Not only do people try to minimize the master teachers, but they also try to minimize the importance of the events. Because you hear people make comments like, once they've gotten, you know, they taste the lectures, and then they may, you know, they, we get a little cocky and arrogant and some, ah, oh, we don't need to have no more lectures. We don't have no more, oh, I'm tired of people going, well, you know what? It was the lectures and it was the events that woke you up. So there's a whole, yes, we witnessed millions of brothers and sisters around the planet who have not yet heard that lecture, not yet been have not heard, yeah. And so just because you got the knowledge and now you feel you know, you feel fulfilled from that particular aspect of the community, now you are compelled to do your work. And like you were saying, brother 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 Blue Pill, you were saying all the different roads that you took after that, look up look look how far you went with all that knowledge and all the different things that you did, you know, because you started at one place. You know, you took the information and then you acted upon it. You didn't just sit on it, you know, and sit back and just. No, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, like I said, at first it was headaches. You know, I was watching these VHS tapes and I was getting headaches. And they were rewiring my neurological pathway. And when you are a student of a master teacher, it's tantamount to when the Greeks came into Kemet and they had to look up at those colossal figures. And they're like, what can we possibly do, you know, to pay homage or to outmask or, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can you contribute to something that's already so colossal, such a catalog of information, something that's so far gone in terms of it's just, it's just out of this world. You know, it, it imbues you to just start becoming active. You just got to get on the road somewhere. You know what I'm saying? The race has to begin at some point, even if you're jogging or you're sprinting. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're looking at Hussein Bolt. You're like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where does it all begin? So I think that when when you're exposed to give you so much, you go into hyperdrive and with 
you're doing that you consider to be 5% might be what somebody else now is looking at, and that's not 100% effort to them. And they're like, wow, you're really putting in work, bro. He's like, if you only knew what I was trying to catch up to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I mm-hmm. think that, um, yeah, that, that when it, when they, this teachers is being exposed to all of that ether, you know what I'm saying, and taking that as fuel and just taking off, like, that's what these lectures do. That's what these master teachers do. And that's what the people who haven't been exposed to it will never understand. There's very few people you can sit in front of these teachers who are going to walk away the same person that they were when they came. And they're just totally blocked off and resistant to any semblance of quote-unquote truth or challenging of their paradigm if they say, oh, I ain't learned nothing. You know what I'm saying? That was a waste of my two, three, four, five, six hours. Nah, you're not being honest with yourself. You're not allowing yourself to live. Open up a little bit because, you know, these were these were people that made major impacts in my life and it didn't take but a few hours. You feel me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, again, I just want to encourage everybody to come out. Um, I know it's been said again and again. Simon, Simon, I thank you again so much from the bottom well, of my heart for inviting us out to share this event with you, the celebration. And I look forward to seeing you and the queen and everybody, seeing Brother Blue Hill and all the family out, all the family out. I, I know it's going to be a wonderful time. And I look forward to events like this personally because even though you want to have different people who are speaking, I look at it as an event for the family. And as everybody knows, you know, my husband is a tireless worker. He's a 24-7 kind of person. He's constantly, constantly, constantly working. And so when we have events like this, it makes me feel good because it's kind of an event where we can kind of relax a little bit and just enjoy yes. the, the company of everybody. You know what I mean? He, you know, it's not a job, so to speak. It's more of a, you know, we just we come into, how do you say back in the church, uh, fellowships. Fellowship. fellowship, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and so I'm looking forward to it from that standpoint, just seeing everybody and just just having a good time. So everybody be in the place on Saturday. I'm gonna drop off the line in a second because I'm again we're still on the road and I'm I'm following Jean. So yep. okay. definitely everybody, please come on out. Tropical ballroom on Saturday, on Sunday. And uh, I look forward to seeing yes. everybody. Look forward, definitely look forward to seeing each other. All right. All right. Before you ways, I just have one question for you. Yes, I did ask everyone yes, that came on the platform this evening, because the theme of the event is reestablishing a code of conduct. Um, now, someone such as yourself that says that, you know, at one point in your life, you weren't always part of the quote-unquote conscious community. So I, I would suspect that, you know, you may have been exposed to some level of street elements, you know. So I would ask you, was there any particular point in your life when you started noticing the uh, disintegration of the codes of conduct, even on the street level? And based on your observation, 
and what it is that you've witnessed up until now, what would you suggest that one implement personally, not even so much on the community level, to bring back code of conduct into their home? Mm. <laughs> wow. That's a heavy question. That's a yeah, brother, a heavy question. I'm trying to I'm trying to ever say you're heavy hitting me like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heavy question, bro. But you know, wow, I mean literally I was as you as you were laying it out, I was I had to reach back in my memory bank and think about that because you know, I come from a really big family. Um yes. very, very, very big extended family and I grew up with a lot of uncles who had been in the streets doing a lot of stuff. And as a young person, I grew up hearing the stories, and we were always blown away by what we heard. But seeing the state that I was in in terms of just growing up in the hip-hop generation, you you kind of saw a lot of things change. It it, it didn't match up to what they said they were doing in, let's say, the 60s and the 70s. Um, yes. And so I think I started noticing as I got older and was, you know, going out myself and doing things and then thinking back, I had to always go back and think about my family, the stories in my family. Okay, there's a disconnect here. Something is wrong. But, of course, being young um, and thinking I was invincible and, you know, it's a new day. It's a new day. Things are time to change. You know, we thought that we thought we knew everything. And so one of the things that I was, that I, now that I'm older and I can, again, interest, look back and do some introspection, one of the things I would say to people, particularly young people, is I know that this is kind of cliche, but you know, people always say, listen to your, listen to your elders, you know, don't, go, don't take for granted what they're saying. But there's wisdom in that because living under, we've gotten so into so caught up in individualism that we believe that our particular generation is different and we're the trendsetters and, and now we are the new civil rights movement or whatever. We know what what we should and we forget to look back at what our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, our grandmothers, our ancestors, what they went through and learn from those lessons that they have already, you know, they've already really tried to reinvent that wheel. And, and we don't look back and see what, what pathways they've already laid out for us. So I think that's kind of one of the things that we, that, 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 is, that is broken down in our community, and that is hold on that wisdom. Um, we, we don't do that anymore. And I see it's just happening even more rapidly now. But again, when I was younger, it was not listening to, the grandparents and then the old, but now it's like, you know, children and they, 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 they teens don't want to listen to the, to, the, to the people in their 20s. You know, it's getting, it's getting worse as we get older. Everybody wants to just, each new generation wants to be able to do their own thing. And so that's the one thing I would say is definitely listen, listen, because when you, when you study history, when you study our stories, that's what I found. It's like, wow. Yeah, tell me back then they were doing the same thing. You know, when I hear Marcus Garvey, the passion in his voice, I'm saying he looks yes. just like he's talking today. But we don't want to listen because we think we have the new rules of how this thing should be done. And so 
that, that's oh, that, that's what I would say, brother. That, that's a little bit of a little bit of wisdom I can lay out if, if, if there was anything. That's excellent. He broke up a little bit, bro. Yeah, he broke up. That was a great, that was a great job, great job. Thank you, brother. Keep fine. Thank you very, thank you very much. And I'll give them two, two, two children a big old hug for me. I will do. I will do. And we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all Sunday. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I know you're driving, so just be safe and get home safe. We tell Jeannie we'll talk. Okay. We'll do. Straight black pie. Straight black pie. That's right. Y'all know the Ledge Radio family. Don't forget, this coming Sunday, we'll be at Tropical Reflection Ballroom over there on East 45th and Glenwood Road off of Utica Avenue. Doors open at 2.30, 3 o'clock. Get there at $20 before 4 or go to Nicholas Brooklyn, Nicholas Harlem, or Respect for Life Bookstore in Brooklyn. Or give me a call at 347-496-1022. That's 347-496-1022. Just holding it down for my brother. I think he's coming up a little. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm a natural <laughs> radio personality, so I'm going right into it, sir. Brother, you still there? Go ahead, girl. <laughs> you know. Miss this life, man. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If you, you know, don't I, got it, you got it. Mm-hmm. I used to fall right in. I used to do it for brothers too. We fall right in. <laughs> Got each other back. <laughs> but look, family, yes, it's a uh, 11:45. I have been informed that um, Eminette is not going to make it. She has to attend to a family situation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, something that I'm not going to speak on. Um, yeah, sure. But she she did, and polite did as well. Promised me that they will make it up. So we'll be doing something, you know, very near future, uh, maybe with the mall, you know. So look forward right. to that. In the meantime, in between time, we'll take some calls. I'm not going to be on that long. i got to start preparation mode early, like the break of dawn. So <laughs> please, family, uh, 347-637-2135. One more again. Three four seven six thirty seven twenty one thirty five is the calling number. Press one if you want to dialogue. Okay, all right. And it's eleven forty six. You might want to call in if you're listening on the computer. You might want to dial up with your phone. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. We're gonna take as many calls as we can. Let me see if my pill is back there yet. She keeps pressing one. Call us from the four two four two hundred. Mama, are you there? Peace. <laughs> travel, travel. <laughs> I hear it though. You speaking on the um? But you got one of them earplug things, Mom? Okay, because yeah. your phone's very low. You might want to speak into the phone. It's okay. I know them people that sleep on the bus right now, but they're gonna be they gonna they gonna be alright. Wake up! <laughs> Let them know what you do. Let them I know what you I love a good bus ride, boy. I love a good, love a good bus ride. <laughs> I tell you one thing. 
Greyhound is my okay. was my favorite. Hello, China, China man. Yeah, hello. Hello. Mama? You hear me? Yes, we can hear you. A hundred percent better. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So. Yes, mom. So we've we've been journeying through the ethers here. Pose the same question to you that I've been posing to everyone else on the program, and you've shared your story numerous times with us. Uh, You know, it never hurts to share it again. At what point in your life did you start seeing the code of conduct? go out the window in the community slash society. Okay. And as a healer, what do you feel are the necessary steps that we need to implement in order to reinstitute and reestablish that code of conduct? Okay, well, I um, can say that it was in the 60s in Harlem, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I was residing on 117th Street and what was called 8th, 8th Avenue. And um, uh-huh. uh, we began to see a change in first the males um, in the neighborhood. The conduct started changing uh, to something that was very bizarre to um, children because I was probably uh, at that time in Harlem I was, uh, let me see, maybe 10 and 11. And um, so so what we eventually started to hear was a new language that went along with this new um, change in um, conduct and character, and it was heroin. And we learned junk, the word junkie, heroin, um, and then we started to learn about... Um, uh, the pain and sorrow that uh, it was bringing to families because then we started to learn about how someone's son, while she was at work, a mother was at work, um, stole everything. Mm. And um, like this all was like very foreign to us because prior to heroin, uh, I guess what would I say contaminating the community uh, mm-hmm. I remember the community working harmoniously with balance and love and um, peace and I think earlier I heard someone saying how everyone I think it might have been Dr. Africa's wife was saying how everyone yeah was uh, your guardian. So you stayed in a, you stayed in a, you stayed in a mode of character and conduct of, of excellence. Um because whenever you whenever you demonstrated that that was about to change to something less lesser than uh there was a there was an adult that would um correct 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 you or would shut whatever that was down i mean immediately and and it was uh, it was accepted that everybody was your guardian mhm you see and and see that was that that kind of 
um, conduct was uh, operating from the heart chakra of every individual in the community. That's that's what was happening then. Um, so, however, that, like I said, that kind of way of us interacting with one another, uh, it started to change when when the heroin started to be used by certain individuals in the community because, uh, and you know, we can get into all kind of the talk about what happens when you use heroin, how it changes um, what chakra you're operating from. You know, we can, that could be, that could be another talk that could last for hours and hours. Right. We know that, but right. <laughs> like, like I said, um, uh, so, so it, so what I remember is, so to me, it was like a chemical, it was a chemical warfare in my experience that, um, began to change everything. And I, and I'm just, see, I was just concentrated on that particular, um, that particular, uh, event in, in our, in our history even though I know there are, many, there are other factors that were occurring um, probably simultaneously, you know, um, but that one, oh, yes, yeah, that one really stood out to, to me. And, um, and then the other one was there, there was a, um, there began to be an awareness of uh, two particular diseases in the black community when I was, um, you know, when I was, like I said, 9, 10, and 11, and that was, and these words were taboo. People people really didn't talk about it. Um, it was cancer, and it was diabetes. Those are the primary diseases that um, the older generation. And um, so that made an impact on me, too, because I started to realize how, uh, or I was aware that, um certain members of the family or the community were no longer with us or their, their conduct um, of, of character began to change because now they were dealing with um, these, these diseases. So um, that made me aware of disease very early, you know, because at one point I thought everybody grew up to have cancer. <laughs> Because um, you know, I was a child. I was a child, and 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 really, in in those days, um, it's not like today where children are exposed to all kinds of information. Uh, we were not exposed to all kind of adult information. Uh, adults didn't talk about everything around us, and um, and so if, so if the adult wasn't talking to us about it, we didn't know anything about it because we didn't watch TV. And of course, we didn't have computers, you know. So, um, uh, I, what we knew was limited to what they exposed us to. So, um, you know, your your a child's mind is just free to, you know, develop, you know, all kinds of ideas about things. So, <clears throat> I know that. Because because my heart was so saddened by what I was seeing in terms of the drug infiltration, 
um, and then about losing um, people in the community to either diabetes or cancer, I, um, you know, I had this awareness that I said, what, what is it that could stop people from having diabetes and cancer? So um, they would, you know, these, these, these individuals in the community would not harmed by it or we wouldn't lose them from by death. And then I was also thinking, what is it that I could do so that when I become an adult, I don't get it, you see? Because I was thinking that, that that's what would happen. And then as far as the drugs were concerned, um, I was also thinking, what is it that could stop the deterioration of individuals and of the family and the community um, as far as drugs was, was concerned? You know, I was like, something has to be able, there's something that has, that, that has to be, uh, that can be done to stop it. So, um, so I, I would say that was pretty young, you see, that I had that, that I already had the, um, the desire or the inspiration, you see, from my heart and soul to to change everything back to, to the way it was when it was really operating. And I'm I'm very serious. Harlem was really operating like it takes a village to raise a child. Um, you know, because like I said, there was love and there was peace and harmony and balance and sharing. And uh, there were black businesses, there were seamstresses and tailor shops. And then there used to be the, 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 uh, the man with, uh, he used to have this uh, cart, like a, a wooden um, cart that he would build that would have all the vegetables and the fruits on it. Mm. And, um, yeah, so he would pull he would pull it, you know, from 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 block to block, and he had a song, a rhyme that he would sing, so that the women could hear him um, from like the tenement windows, and everybody they would all come downstairs with their, you know, because that time the women used to carry these little purses, and they would stick it down into their their bra, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? They would all come out and buy their vegetables and fruits, and then there was a there was an ice man that used to have a big block of ice on um like on a cart that that would be pulled with a horse. Right. And people yeah, because people had a certain kind of refrigerator that you had to keep it cool by buying like pieces of ice. So um, you know, I'm just okay, oh yeah, and then there were the beauty parlors. Uh, where, you know, almost every Friday, that's where you got sent to get your hair properly washed and groomed. And um, then they were all kind of hair products that you would purchase from these, from those institutions that were all, they were manufactured by our people. So, you know, there was commerce going on. There was business going on amongst our people where, as they say, how in other ethnic groups the dollar circulates how many times, Paul? Um, different times for different groups, you know, 18, 19, yeah, yeah. 30 times right. with us so, is zero. Yeah, so that that was happening with us because as you have you as you know um from our our story of history, um 
we had these different areas in the United States where there was successful, um, where there was black communities thriving, like the the Black Wall Street in Oklahoma. Um, yes. so, yeah, we had Eaton. Uh, let me see. Um, uh, there's a there was an area in Florida where Zora Neale Hurston grew up, where her father yeah, in, was like in the Orlando, and they had, yeah, mm-hmm. they had their own like their own sovereignty down there. I mean, they just controlled everything. Um, so so all throughout the United States, there were these um, communities that were flourishing with our people, where there was commerce and where the people were thriving as a group so it it you know that's just to say that up until the 60s you know that was still existing you know and then um we started to hear word integration (laughs) and then after we started to hear this word integration and this concept of integration and what that that's that was like a program that got installed in people's heads and then once people started running under that program of integration, we started to see the tailor shop close, the seamstress shop close, um, the black restaurant. Many of them started closing. And uh, we noticed then that that little, that, that, that community where we all sort of all were and we coexisted together, People started going outside of that community to eat in restaurants and to shop for their clothing. And um, these places that they were going now were Caucasian establishments. So, um, you know, I saw that the economics of the community start to suffer a deficiency with this new programming of integration. So um, I don't know if I've answered the question. I'm not sure if I'm just rattling on, but, you know, I'm just talking from, (laughs) (laughs) talking from my, you know, from my experience, what I, I I know I saw and um, what I know affected my heart and my soul. This is your testimony, exactly. Yeah. Huh? What did you say? No, I said this is your testimony. You're speaking on. Yeah. You're speaking yeah. exactly so to the happened, question. Yeah. So then what happened is once my heart and soul was, um, because, uh, what I what what I wanted to change, as far as the community and and the and the individuals were concerned. Um, I wanted to. I wanted it, like I said, to change back to a time when everybody was really of high, high character, because I I lived it and I was that way too. Um, so when I started sort of asking the you asking and meditating and asking what they had taught me was God for an answer, I started getting the answer. Because I started meeting elders that started telling me stories about or giving me information about what actually was going on. So the truth of the matter was that there was a chemical warfare going on against us, and it was deliberate. And this is what certain elders were telling me. And so then they explained to me 
um, who was behind it, you know, and they said it was the Caucasian was behind it and and that we had certain individuals in our community that were like sort of co co conspirators and they were they were in it with the Caucasian basically for monetary gain. And they said that this was nothing new because all throughout history there's always been one or two individuals within our group that did that, that helped the Caucasian to defeat their own people. So then they start telling us, telling me stories about how even, they, that's how I learned about Marcus Garvey and his demise. Because um, they explained that there was a brother who was like his right-hand man. I forget his name. And I eventually saw the documentary. He was, right. uh, he was an agent. He was an agent. Yes. You know that, right, Paul? Yeah, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is part of this is part of the downfall of Marcus Garvey. How they was able to um, infiltrate and um, disrupt his his amazing, fantastic work that he came to America and did in the short period of time he did it with our people. You see, so um, but but. They were telling me this truth because, trust me, when I was going to school every day, um, nobody was teaching it in the history class. <laughs> you know, they weren't teaching it in social studies. And I didn't hear it um, amongst, uh, I didn't even hear, I didn't hear it in church either. So this was a special group of black men. This was a special group of black men who actually were friends of your grandfather, Lloyd Eric Thomas. Um, these guys knew what was going on. And so um, what, I would, what I was thinking when I would hear them tell this truth and, 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 and awaken me and make me become aware is I said, why, isn't, why aren't these guys talking to everybody? I said, you know, I, I started thinking, I think I was 12, that there needs to be a place where this kind of information needs to be disseminated because this is the kind of information that can protect us from whatever the plan is to um, thinking that we kept meeting more and more people 